2: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
3: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here to look into the future. Star Wars 2020 and beyond the End of the year, the end of the decade, the end of the Skywalker saga. Joseph has brought us to this point, and that's going to be an interesting discussion.
1: Yeah, this exact window of first season of Mandalorian has wrapped up, so we're looking toward the future of there, but the Skywalker saga ended, the movie's coming back in 2022, but what? How? (laughs) Will it
3: really come back in 2022? So many delicious mysteries to discuss. We're going to dive into that on the show today, but we always want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends. Sorry, I forgot to add the WWW <laughs> in front of that website. It
1: doesn't work otherwise. <laughs>
3: That's right. Uh, we are uh, going to catch up here, some Star Wars life adventures. Uh, we're back here uh, between the big holidays, Joseph, yeah. which means we will have some holiday adventures. But as always, Star Wars will find its way in.
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot of Star Wars uh, adventures mm-hmm. uh, and life adventures, too. I had a lovely holiday. Mm-hmm. I saw, uh, since, it's, uh, since I saw the screening, I saw mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker four times. Kay. cats once <laughs> and irishman once <laughs> wow a real uh pop culture stew i'm ready to talk about <laughs> That's, anything
3: you are plugged in <laughs> to cinema <laughs>
1: uh watch cats and in, in the irishman so close uh together that there's that de-aging technology yeah, yeah. You're like could you could you just hit a button and turn them into cats could you do that too that would be great de niro cat <laughs> de niro cat de niro uh, yeah cat. Great Star Wars holiday uh, with my wife. She got me a Black Series uh, Luke in his ceremony outfit, the jacket. I see that on your couch. Yeah, yeah. Very nice stuff and a lovely resistance band. All sorts of fun stuff. And uh, I picked up the visual dictionary. And, man, I know our listeners are people who like to dig deep into Star Wars yeah i'm all for the argument that the movie should stand alone mm-hmm. but some of the fun of star wars that we dig into is there are more details if you want to be a reader of books and yeah. comics and a watcher of tv shows and there's all sorts of juicy stuff yeah. in that visual dictionary you just started to dig into right uh,
3: literally uh traveling back from arizona and i was literally racing to try to get back before like 3 p.m on saturday <laughs> where my uh my media mailbox is and uh didn't make it. Didn't make it. I felt like Poe in Last Jedi. <laughs> they didn't make it. But I picked it up on the way to record here today with you and got here a little bit early. Holiday traffic made it. So and I sat outside on your street just <laughs> pouring through it. I learned that the creatures me and my girlfriend love are called Okie Pokey. They're the ear creatures of the yeah, sauna. And, and their faces
1: are a sight to behold. <laughs> yes, they are. They look cute from the back. I, I think... Challenging from the front,
3: <laughs> wonderfully <laughs> charmingly <laughs> terrifying,
1: yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but I think for, for we'll probably talk about it in on the podcast in the future. Mm-hmm. But now that the sequel trilogy is complete, there's a timeline that's way, way more detailed and yeah. juicy. Uh, yeah. for exactly first order stuff Luke's activity, Ben's training, all sorts of really fascinating stuff. A
3: lot of stuff in that, and I, I think it's some of the best work. Uh, Pablo's probably done. He put this one out again, right? He's oh, always yeah. in his office pouring over notes. Uh, I'm excited to, to do a dive in tonight, but so yeah. I have some work to do. So it's going to be challenging. I got okay. to take a break okay. when it's appropriate.
1: Uh, the book has some answers to uh, one of my concerns about Rise of Skywalker, which is what's the deal with Beaumont <laughs> <laughs> that is addressed. The great Beaumont mystery, Dominic Monaghan mystery, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So how was your holidays? What were your life
3: adventures? Good. Traveled uh, to a mixture of Pusana and Endor. I uh, <laughs> went to northern Arizona, girlfriend's family, uh, historic town of Prescott, Arizona. Uh, Shout out to Ricardo, uh, who recognized uh, me, which is always a weird feeling, and as a big Star Wars fan, was really overjoyed. Awesome. Uh, I've seen only Rise of Skywalker twice, and I was like, you got to get back on it. But he uh, (laughs) he told me he's out there going to aviation school. He wants to be a pilot like Han. Oh, wow. And I love hearing how Star Wars sends people to other lines of work, not just to Hollywood. You know, sometimes you hear, obviously, a lot of these creators, but like, hey, I want to be a pilot like Han, and I'm doing that in the real world. So. So it was a great time out there. We did see Rise of Skywalker, my fourth time seeing that. And it was a weird experience because we saw it in a busy Friday night Prescott, Arizona multiplex. But a smaller theater, smaller audience, maybe 100 or so people, sold out. 20% of the audience kept getting up to go to the bathroom from the beginning <laughs> of the movie to right at the end. Really? Someone got up as Ray is dead in Kylo's arms and they got up to go to the bathroom. And they're like, I know the rest. Yeah. And so I was getting like... <laughs> man, did they just not like the movie? And I realized, no, these were just a a group of people, a hundred or so, that just went out to see the big popular movie on Friday night. Yeah. (laughs) And they just were like, yeah, cool. I need more popcorn. Yeah, And it was kind of off-putting, but refreshing at the same time.
1: Right. We uh, talk about being inside the Star Wars bubble because we like to dig into the details and read the books as well as analyze the movies for their own value. But That means there's a lot of people outside the bubble, (laughs) by definition, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I had that experience going to see it at uh, El Capitan uh, on the Sunday of opening weekend, the big Disney uh, theater in Hollywood. So many families go. Yeah. And it was people who were just like, I like Star Wars, the Force, lightsabers. Awesome. Yeah. And it is always good to remember that there are people who interact
3: with Star Wars on that level. Yeah. And the final thing I did, I was happy to say, I was in Target, as I often am. Yes. (laughs) Did that swing by the toy aisle and saw the vintage line with the Leia Yavin Metal Ceremony Leia. Oh, yeah. uh, Three and three quarters. And I did it. I bought it. You did. They're a little pricey these days. Toys and cereal prices have gone up, kids. But I put it on my wall. I I have uh, uh, Rebels-era Leia, so younger Leia, Yavin Leia. Hoth Leia, and then uh, uh, Last Jedi Leia. Yeah. So I need to find a good three and three quarters Return of the Jedi Leia. Oh, yeah. And another one, but it's a th- my three and three quarters Leia collection. So that is great. I like it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I gotta pick up uh, some more of those vintage figures. They're so, mm-hmm. They they make you pay for being an adult. They do. Do you have memories? <laughs> you're gonna pay for them with money. And I guess more articulation. Yeah. Uh, the figures, not you, if you're older. <laughs> Less articulation, I think. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you had any, but I wanted to share some Rise of Skywalker, just like kind of fun things. We're going to discuss it yeah. more in the news. Obviously, there's a lot of heat around this movie. Much, mm-hmm. much, much debate, particularly if you're online, I'm sure in real life as well. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I've only had pleasant interactions in, in person. Yeah. Honestly, this yeah. was really great insights I had forgot about. So, uh, Miba Records, mm-hmm. big record store in Hollywood, right by the Arclight yeah. uh, movie theater. And we were, went and bought the Rise of Skywalker soundtrack. Oh yeah! And there was just a great holiday mood in Amoeba and Everybody's real friendly to one another. And the uh, sure. the the teller, the person checking us out, was like, "So, did, what did <laughs> you think?" And I was like, oh, I got some some concerns, but I love it. And he's like, oh, so you didn't like The Last Jedi? I was like, no, I, I had a couple things I didn't like about The Last Jedi, but overall, I love <laughs> The Last Jedi. And he was like, wow. He's like, it's been really weird. He's like, it's 50-50. Because really? like, we're, we're basically a movie review site because people come in here right after the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, half the people love it and weeped, and half the people are furious. So it was cool to see, mm. honestly, a little bit outside of our... Yeah, star yeah. wars podcasting bubble yeah. to see that oh uh, that's that's the way people are talking about it out in physical spaces like a record store next to a movie theater <laughs> yeah <sighs> yeah
3: <sighs> i have no answers to that <laughs> we'll, we'll talk so about weird. it some
1: more but I, I wanted to share a couple mm-hmm. uh thoughts i had uh, real quick from the uh the last viewing that i had mm-hmm. uh, we'll do some more deep dives in rise of skywalker but the uh, visual dictionary revealed that the planet that Kylo is on at the very beginning is Mustafar. It's right. a fun little backstory, but that is in the ruins of Vader's fortress. Okay. Which not only makes sense of, Oh, there were two Sith wayfinders and the emperor had one and Vader had Vader one. Had one yeah. Fair enough. That all tracks. But I just was, uh, charmed by how that makes just that one detail makes the first scene mm. a mirror mm. of the last scene in the movie. So that means that in the first scene, you have a Skywalker of the dark side, Mm. who is a Skywalker of blood, going to a family home, Vader's castle, desperately needing and taking something from the past. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, you have a Skywalker by tradition and practice and choice of the light side. Visiting an ancestral Skywalker home of the Lars homestead and respectfully burying the past so she can move forward. Move forward. And just like how much those are like exact mirrors. It's just like a fun, yeah. like Star Wars nerd detail that makes me happy. You
3: know, and, and the point of Last Jedi Joseph was uh, destroy the past. <laughs> uh, so this is, no, 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 that, that's beautiful. And I love it. And uh, love the confirmation that's Mustafar. I mean, there, you know, I think a lot of us were like, Mustafar? Uh, but it's interesting. Even in Rogue One, a Rogue One, it's funny because they don't label it. They label every other planet.
1: Uh, <laughs> they might. Have, they should have just put up question marks. Yeah, question yeah.
3: marks. So it's it's. Uh, I love those little details and and, and those connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that I wanted to share is just I had much more
1: for myself appreciation of Finn's journey in mm. Finn's role in the Rise of Skywalker, huh. and it came down to the word uh, empath. Mm. I had kind of picked up on how much his force powers are similar to the way Leia's are represented in the original trilogy Mm, of -hmm. being really connected in sensing what is going on with people that she cares about. So that is just empathetic to feel connected. But then when you watch lots of the details of the movie, so Finn has gone on this journey of rejecting the first order, Mm -hmm. but just wanting to run away, making a connection to Ray to realizing oh, no, the resistance matters. That fight matters. I don't want to be, like Maz described me, Yeah, a person who runs away. I want to be all in. And to me, that's a great step of being all in to go, not only do I want to be here, I want to bring everybody else in. I want to, in yeah. an empathetic way, bring everybody else together. Hmm. And he spends the whole movie trying to figure out more about Poe so he can know his friend better, yeah. trying to understand what is going on with Ray. And then there are these individual scenes, like he is the one... Who, before they go to a, a, a Jimmy, hmm. um, asks everybody to hold hands. Yeah, yeah. And we get that funny scene of 3PO joining hands yeah. and Poe feeling uncomfortable. In the actual hug at the end, he is the bridge between mm-hmm. Ray and Poe, literally bringing them together. Yeah. Tying all that stuff together with Hugh had been defined in the first film as the guy who would run away. Yeah. Makes so much more of his decision to be like, this command ship has got to go down. Right. It has to end. that... They take children, yeah, you know he's even got the line in the in the movie where he's got the speech with Poe about uh inspiring everybody, and he says, you know let we they can't take any more of us, yeah, which you can interpret as kill, kill, but or more kidnap uh so I just really it just really resonated with me that he was the empathic character who wants to bring everyone together mm-hmm. and who is just not ever going to run away anymore,
3: yeah that he's there
1: yeah and some of that might be on the surface and other people might be like yeah no yeah Yeah, i get it but for me there's so much going on in a good way to me with rise of skywalker i just was really taken with how much his character and journey resonated with me and and wanted to share that
3: no i think that's great stuff i think two two big insightful points are bringing up uh, about the mustafar and tatooine and this uh because again it's it's what we talk about here you could just watch it and enjoy uh, characters hugging and crying at the end of the movie, or you can, you can see it track to what you're doing go and, and, and playing that against, uh, the, not against, but in conjunction with the beginning where he, he pose Matt, Ray Ray's met a Poe and yeah. in the middle Finn. And now that all just kind of, uh, works for me and, and adds power to Finn's arc. Yeah. And story. Yeah. Because I've see, seen some stuff out there that are interesting things of, Hey, they could have done this. Yeah. Um, And, but they, they're being tweeted out as if. Uh, there was no value to Finn in this movie, and I just don't—I don't believe that for a second.
1: Yeah, he's got so much personality. Yeah. He feels like he's found himself. Yeah, and that Finn knows who Finn is. Yeah, and that's, and that's a nice feeling. I love that to a go lot. with Finn on his Finn journey. Finn journey,
3: <laughs> a Finn journey, Finn journey, nah, nah, nah. nah,
1: nah. Uh, uh, all right, any, you, do you have any uh, any uh, anything
3: hit you on your yeah, viewing since we you, last talked? It was the fourth. The fourth viewing is the one that I. I you know the emotions have, have subsided. The, the raw emotions, right? Cried for the first two, got misty eyed in the third. This one, uh, it was again more of just like I'm taking this in, and I really enjoyed this one as a serial adventure. Yeah, this fourth one, and just felt like the decision to 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 move it fast, and it is fast, but it slows down the more you watch it. But I again because this is the fourth time, so I'm like, oh, I can if I need to, I can take a bathroom break, <laughs> right? Because it's the fourth time, yeah. And I had to because we're old. Uh, <laughs> every time I thought to myself, okay, uh, once they get to X point in the movie, I'll I'll swing into the bathroom, and then I get to that point, and be like, I can't miss this, yeah. And, and yeah, I'm still new. Maybe my tenth and fifteenth and fiftieth viewing, I could watch from the bathroom. But this this it just. I really enjoy how it just picks up and goes. Man. Yeah. And I'm really behind that decision. Uh, I Do I want occasionally to have more little conversations and dialogue moments? Yeah. And the same can be said for me in like, you know, last couple seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah I like it when it slows down. I love it when it slows down. Yeah. But to me, this decision really worked for me in this movie. I like that. And the little thing, I think I was aware of it, but I really kind of had that like, oh yeah, definitely. And, and then we got the visual dictionary today and it's kind of really highlighted. But, um, Connick's wearing a combat poncho and the same hair as Leia when she first gets to Endor. Yeah. It was one of those, like, oh, that's uh, so sweet. And, yeah. And uh, I love those little things. Yeah, especially knowing from that uh, Billy Lord
1: article that uh, Carrie Fisher wanted her mm. daughter to have the Leia buns in yes. Force Awakens. So it is kind of continuing that yeah. that wish of Carrie Fisher. So
3: I just want I, I tell you what, I did try to look a little closer at the ships. Yeah. Jumping out of hyperspace, uh, the, the, the people, the resistance people, and uh, you know what? I didn't pick out any ships I recognize yet. <laughs> I hear, I hear this ship's there, that ship's there. Yeah. I'll wait to someone to highlight it on a YouTube video. Yeah. Uh, I just enjoy that shot so much. Freeze frame for the ghost later. Yeah, yeah. 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 I did see the ghost. Oh, that, I mean. Okay. Also, sorry, that got really... Okay, no, 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 no. The ghost the ghost, clearly lands, too, back on Oh, does it? It's one of the first wow, ships to land. Wow, 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 I missed that. Yeah, so we know Jason Syndulla is in there with a the lightsaber, right?
1: Absolutely. He is... Thanks, Dave. <laughs> ...the other Jedi. Anyway... Anyway, uh, that's what I got. Uh, You ready to move Uh, on to the news?
3: I am ready to move on to the news because I have not watched Resistance yet. I think I've decided to have a little binge when they take their uh, break. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, In the news. Oh, boy. Here we go, Joseph. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the headline reads, Chris Terrio tries to explain Rose's absence. But there's a lot more to the interview that this first came out of. A lot of it having nothing to do with the Rose Tico Kelly trans situation. Um, so we're going to focus a little bit on that and then get to the big, the meat, the one that's been clipped out and spread around the <laughs> internet. And then even as you and I were recording some other stuff coming out with, with Terry new, very lengthy Hollywood reporter interview yeah. with Chris Terrio. So I've really a really chance to have that. Uh, so bigger part of the interview is interesting about uh, the, them seeing no other way, but to work to Ben Solo's redemption, how Palpatine's inclusion was a bit of a magic trick and that you were watching seven and eight thinking it was something else. But something else. But now it was about Palpatine behind the scenes. Yes, there's some stuff about him saying Kathleen Kennedy, and Michelle Rejwan kind of were working us to some points. And that can be taken, I guess, a lot of different ways. Yep. <laughs> uh, we're choosing to say, I don't know, I, I, at least for me, it just like I, I really love everything Ter- Terry was saying going into this movie. And so far, I get where a lot of it's coming from
1: yeah m- me too me yeah. too i think uh, probably uh since everyone is still uh, very uh hot and bothered about this movie in lots of different oh, I directions it. Yep. Uh, probably probably fine to throw out the old caveat again that uh, yeah. anybody of any opinion is welcome to uh listen mm-hmm. to this and uh opinions and feelings are great and we are sharing our opinions and feelings and if you're struggling with the movie or are really mad about the movie hey everybody's got an opinion we're, yeah. we're just sharing ours we come down i think in a much more positive place and yeah. i think a lot of of it for me a lot of the positivity that i have comes down to a lot just the movie itself but then if you want to go into the story behind the story a lot of what terrio and abrams said ahead of time have just made me really feel like they are fans with specific ideas they yeah. talked before the movie came out about the serial adventure and wanting to give it that more of that pacing of that cliffhanger right. pacing um they talked about wanting to make sure it was a movie that ended the whole saga yeah so i think a lot of the the strong opinions seem to to come down to are you willing to read these interviews with the creators with abrams interio in particular and give them the benefit of the doubt that they are star wars fans mm-hmm. who wrote the movie that they thought was great mm-hmm. as star wars fans and to wrap up this movie i think if you just give them the benefit of the doubt then you can also just say, Well, that's I it don't an adventure serial pace was not important to me. Yeah. What was important to me was a longer conversation between Ray and Ben after he died. And like, great. Mm. Or after, not after he died. Yeah. Well, either way. Yeah, either way. Uh so, great. I think you can look at it and go, They made these choices and I and they don't work for me. Yeah. I think where it's gotten ugly for me on the internet is when people see Terryo and Abrams say things and then just say, They're lying. Yeah. It's B.S. Mm-hmm. And again, we all listen to people talk and we decide, do we believe them or not? Yeah. But for me, I just feel like I don't have any reason to doubt that Terrio, mm-hmm. who was lucky to get this job and has loved Star Wars since he was a child, tried to write Star Wars movie that he really believed in. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't understand why you would want to assume that Disney has a malevolent secret agenda or that Terio mm-hmm. does in their
3: line. What is problematic to me, there's a lot of problematic things in the world, but one of them is right now, there seems to be a lot of people who have spent two years defending Last Jedi, defending Ryan Johnson as a Star Wars fan who knew it and did not do anything intentionally to destroy it, despite you out there and what you think, are now saying the same thing about Abrams and Terry of, oh, well, how dare these guys, they destroyed, they went after Ryan. they went after this, and I find that puzzling. And I even understand saying, like,
1: hey, I get what they were trying to do, but to me, sure, Didn't Luke, work. Luke Catching the Lightsaber reads is an FU, so I don't like the film. Fine. Fair. great. Great. That, that's your opinion. But to listen to creators go, that is not our intention in any way. Mm-hmm. Here's all the reasons we made these choices. Yeah. Not because we were trying to appease an angry fan base. Yeah. You can either choose to believe that and, and accept the movie from that perspective, mm-hmm. or you can choose to say, nope, I think Disney wanted yeah. to appease... People who didn't like the Last Jedi, so they made this choice and that choice and this choice and that choice. Um, but you have to say that you have to say that is lying
3: in order yeah. to say that. And I'm, obviously, there are people who who do feel that way, and yeah. that's their right. Yeah, yeah. Which I think maybe leads into the bigger thing that's yes, going around. You. So he he did. <laughs> You know, the, without a doubt, there is—you uh, can't help but notice uh, an absence and reduced role for the character of Rose Tico, uh, performed by Kelly Marie Tran, and, and that obviously, for good reason, has created a lot of questions, a lot of debate. Ontario, um, in this interview, this 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 is part of a larger interview. He has asked the question. Uh, he answers it. Uh, I can bring it up a little bit here if we want even more exact quotes, but I—he uh, answers in general. The they did really love the character. They love Kelly Marie Tran. Uh, JJ said that publicly at uh, celebration. That yeah. It was one of his greatest gifts from Ryan. Uh but they wrote her, they needed a, a character to be anchored with Leia. They wanted her to be the character. They wrote some scenes, and it just at the end of the day, the photorealism wasn't there for the shots ahead with, with Leia or not. Uh So we'll get into that. I think on the surface, I take that as the answer. It's not necessarily a good answer or the best answer or what what should have been. But I do look at it and go, I I, I can see what they were doing. My question is, at what point did you realize it didn't work? Yeah. And could you have gone you and have, fixed it? And and, and, yeah. and maybe that's why she's in the final fight. I don't know those big questions. Yeah. That's kind of the big headline.
1: Yeah. That's a big headline. Um, yeah. yeah. And for me, it's my biggest criticism of the movie. I wish that Rose had had a larger role uh, for yeah. the people who are critical of the film. I do think that having Rose have a diminished role after Kelly Marie Tran was attacked. Yeah. Opens the door to this larger criticism that the the movie is a reaction to The Last Jedi or trying to appease people who hated The Last Jedi. Yeah. I don't personally think that's true, but I totally agree that having Rose in a diminished role opens the door to that argument. Yes. So I happen to believe, Terrio, that that's mm-hmm. the case, that they made a choice for Rose to highlight her as being Leia's number number two yeah. in, in the ground base operations and the scenes didn't work. But it's still a criticism to me of like, like you're saying when okay mm-hmm. well when did you realize that and when did you think uh, we let's do a reshoot and give her something a bigger moment yeah let's add more dialogue between her and Finn kind of resolving the uh don't fight what you hate save what you love mo- like uh right yeah and and again people who think who sometimes think that we are just always positive <laughs> this is a moment of you know legitimate criticism and big criticism of a movie that in general I love. Yeah, of that Rose really could have and should have uh, had a, a bigger moment.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I i um, i i don't know. For me, the, having the character of Rose De on those adventures out there, Pisana, everything could have could have easily worked. I i i if I'm being honest, didn't miss her there. But I i like. I got the sense the moment she says Leia needs me here to analyze this, that that, that could have played yeah. out a lot better. And I still think you can do that without Leia in those scenes. Yeah. So that's, that's my question of why. And then, and then this is going to be just like you said, it's going to be taken as a victory by those who went after her. Yeah. And that's, that's a, a dangerous territory to go to
1: yep yep and it is a bummer that people couldn't pull back and go "Ooh, that that, this really
3: doesn't feel good and here and here's i i i sometimes wish terrio didn't come out and even have to address this um but i like the the i like that he at least stood out there and tried to but I do look at the other the other people, <laughs> JJ and everyone going. You're you're not so locked into a bubble. JJ dropped the names of some of the hate groups out there, you know, uh, and 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 and, and uh, aggressive fans. So you're aware of it enough yeah. to know that she went. I think he intentionally says this at celebration. Uh, this is a gift that Ryan gave me because you're aware of it. I I always have a belief of like when I'm on air, especially if I'm on a video, like a Collider show or something, where. I at least try to be very aware of everything that I'm about to say could have ramifications. Not that I'm censoring or pretending to be someone else, but just that in this in this day and age, and that's not a, I'm not saying that cynical of just like, yeah, be careful of the words and your actions for what it means and how it hurt could hurt other people right. or inspire other people negatively. And I'm, I sometimes work with some people who don't <laughs> and just I'm punditing and they say things that's like. Ooh, and you got some heat, and you deserve the heat, even though I know your intentions. Yeah. So I wish J.J. was a little bit more uh, Where even if at whatever point they're like, it's not working, and the Leia scenes with Rose don't look good, and we don't want that out there, and I wouldn't want that there either. No. You got time to fix it, I would hope. It yeah. wasn't the weekend before. <laughs> or maybe it mm-hmm. was. Maybe they reveal something where the at the cast screening... They looked at it and went, does it look like a cartoon? We've got a problem. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It's possible. But H- who knows? Who knows? That's my big thing on
1: that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree. It is a, it is a shame. Yeah. Uh,
3: also, do I, I think in my news notes, I linked to the wrong article.
1: Uh, yeah, but I found the one. Uh, How the, did that uh,
3: happen? <laughs> I literally was looking
1: at the article. Because uh, that's the link from the previous week. The previous week. What <laughs> we're saying is everyone makes mistakes. Everyone. They
3: didn't make it, says Poe. Uh, you're right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that was. Okay. Uh, I forgot to. I, I did trace. There's been a ton of short articles that just clip Terrio's comments about Rose Tico. Yeah. The longer interview. Uh, it's it's from a site that I'm not as familiar with. It was really interesting. Yeah. The Hollywood Reporter one is really interesting as well.
3: Yeah, uh, and the thing it, when I it's like the full interview doesn't necessarily provide more context to the specific Kelly Maritran issue. No. But it to me provides a little bit of context to him as a person, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and what he put into this movie. And you and I were talking too of like, yeah, because you know, there's some things I look at and and this hubbub of of I don't think for one second when you read the interview he was saying I didn't want to do Palpatine, but old Kathy Kennedy did. I don't think, I didn't take that. I took that as they had this overall plan. I'm brought in as a writer late into the thing and had to work to some things that were dictated to me. Yeah. And that's how it works. Yeah. I just, you get notes from your project. I just got a round of notes this weekend. (laughs) And guess what? I have to work to those notes or I don't get my money.
1: I spent uh, (laughs) all of Saturday working to some notes. Yeah. It, it, it happens. Uh, And that's not uh, even a shifting blame. To me, it's just it it is. it's the classic Star Wars from a point of view. And mm-hmm. I, even if you don't agree with the choices, the way they're laying out why they made the choices are so clear to me of if you if it's Kathleen Kennedy, if it's J.J. Abrams, if George Lewis, Lucas learned to force project wherever it came from, doesn't matter. If the creative team decides mm-hmm. we want this last film to make you feel like all nine movies are connected, yeah, you would understand why they would go to Palpatine. Yes, If they really want Ben's uh, redemption to be a big part of the movie, but not the climax of the movie, and Snoke is dead, then you do need another big bad. So I guess for me, uh, it's it's a matter of disagree with the choices all you want. Mm -hmm. But it, it just so bothers me when people say it's lazy or recycling or they don't. No star wars or they're idiots mm-hmm. and you know i know pe- movies mean a lot to people and they're they're saying these things out of passion yeah. but it's it just for me like you you can understand why they made the choices and still disagree with the choices you can take them at their word mm-hmm. and disagree with every word yeah with and still respect the fan the fact that they are star wars fans who made this star wars movie they wanted to make yeah
3: yeah, yeah, no, I echoed, and it's taking me right back to some of those last Jedi conversations I had off air with friends. Yeah, ah, like, oh, Ryan did this, nah, man. He, 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 he only, hates Star Wars and wants to yeah, tear it down. No, yeah. did he not do that? Here's his answer. <laughs> this is why I, 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 the flat earthers of Star Wars, man. Flat earthers of Star Wars. Ah, <laughs> uh, but. Let's try to turn it in a positive direction. Yes, yes there was a, a distinct lack of Rose Tico and Kelly Marie Tran, and that uh, you know. And I bought the figures. You bought the figures. Uh, people love this character. They rallied around Kelly Marie Tran after the very horrible things that happened to her and were said to her. So now there's this idea of hey. Disney Plus, you can correct us. Get Rose, uh, Rose Tico series. And then John M. Chu, director of Crazy Rich Asians, Asians which a uh, very popular, successful movie in 2019. Uh, and then before that, he did a couple of movies, but including G.I. Joe 2 Retaliation. Uh, so he's got a uh, big property experience.
1: He, that's a specific pull yeah, from you.
3: Yes. He uh, tweeted out, put me in, coach. Come on, Disney. Let's do it. And uh, that's uh, got a lot of people excited. So. Let's talk about this yeah. idea. Could this work? Would? Do you feel on any level that Disney would look around and go, oopsie, all right, let's try to make it right, uh, and then what, what, do we, what do we think that could be if, if in a perfect world we got this show?
4: Yeah,
1: I like the character. I think she is an interesting character, and I would love to see more of her. I, I In general... Hmm. I think it would be very interesting because we haven't had this in Star Wars to have a Disney Plus show that is what happens right after Rise of Skywalker. If you go right after the movie, you don't box yourself in too much if you want to tell a story a generation from now, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, All that kind of thing. So I think what's really interesting about her character is she is this great symbol of anyone can be a hero. Yeah, That their world was devastated, that she and her sister Paige are like, let's not stand for it and you know rose's first speech to finn where she's relating that Paige said finn's such a great example of a hero and then to see rose kind of slowly become that of well i guess i'm really good at engineering so i will apply that skill there's not many of us so Mm. i'll fly a ski speeder yeah she's apparently grown in command and she's got a blaster and she's charging in rise of skywalker Mm -hmm. so to see like well how does that character adjust i would be happy to see like a, a kind of political show yeah, with some Star Wars action, because I'm not afraid of Star Wars. <laughs> I don't fear <laughs> politics in Star Wars as you do. Um, that it would be really interesting to have her be like, I have risen from a, a quote-unquote nobody on yeah. a Outer Rim planet that happened to have resources that the First Order wanted to. Now I'm kind of in this position to figure out how to rebuild the galaxy and I get to choose where I am in that. Do do I want to be a politician? Do I, did I like having a blaster in my hand? Yeah. Is that what I want to be? You know, having her help make some of those decisions that the new Republic did of, do we disarm because peace is best or do we arm up because we've just been at war again? She could be a vessel to lots of interesting ideas while also continuing that growth of, yeah. you know, who, who is a, who is the shining example of the the hero that started as a quote-unquote no one and then realizes they can be anything?
3: I like what you're pitching in terms of the politics post-war, uh, so to speak. Uh, Rose Tico runs for city council of uh, <laughs> Planet. is uh, really intriguing. You know? Yeah. Because it, 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 it is not dangerous, but weird territory to... To pick it up right away, post Rise of Skywalker, because again, it wouldn't necessarily be the Skywalker saga, right?
0: You got to tell
1: a smaller story, smaller so you're story. not like constantly, why isn't she uh, if she's in grave yeah. danger? You know, she's got to be able to handle it herself, not go like, why isn't she calling her <laughs> Jedi
3: friend Rey? You know, yeah. Uh, so that would work. I I'm okay with the idea of you, you take Jason Fry's book of bomber command, which is basically Page Tico's kind of journals. You got uh, Veronica Ngo out there who did a great job as Paige Tico. Give me a little prequel. You want? Oh yeah. Give me a, a little, little oh, Tico sisters. Hey, yeah. Uh, and it could be a, a two-hour Disney Plus movie event, or it could be a little one-off anthology series.
1: That that's great. That's great because we haven't got mm-hmm. to spend as much time down in the trenches of the resistance war.
3: And and why they. They joined, and and what's interesting, because right now there's some big questions, and some of them wonderful, some of them slightly confusing. Of okay, 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 wait. Pa- Palpatine started to come back. The First Order, we know how it started, but he kind of took over, but he built stuff. All these things, kinda, it kind of happen, and I don't, and I want all those answers too. But I don't want that to take away from what we've seen in Resistance, what we've seen in uh, uh, other uh, books and everything. Yeah. Of the f- no matter who was pulling the strings, First Order was doing bad things and had effects uh, on the galaxy. And if you read that book, Jason Fry a great Star Wars author. It flows really well in The Last Jedi, including The Love of Fathers and the dreams of seeing them for once. Yeah. Uh, which is touching and adds a lot to that scene. But also just like... They saw the destruction on their planet. Rose touches upon it in the movie, but you go into a little bit more in that little book and and to get a sense of, like you said, everyone had a rise. Because jokes aside, you guys know I love the character, but it would work with uh, a little bit of Tally Lyntra too. Of, oh, yeah. Raised by her father uh, who crop dusted with an A-wing and taught her, and, and then the war came to them and she joined up. It's uh, Those are little powerful stories you could do.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think
3: that's really compelling. Mm. It could work. Yeah. And John M. Chu would direct it. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't mean to end it on a cynical note. I just – we'll see. I don't know if they would uh, – I don't know just put it on Uncle Bob's doorstep, but just like would they be like, all right, we didn't have this plan, but let's try to work it out, especially yeah. if someone of John, Chu, John M. Chu's quality is there. I mean,
1: I know uh, TV is a little bit more expensive than books, but yeah. that's uh, Chuck Wendig got his job from tweeting, I'd write a Star <laughs> Wars book. <laughs> uh, true. Yeah. And uh, I, I really do hope for uh, some sort of kind of a hashtag justice for Rose. Yeah. Um, if we get to see some of those deleted scenes, um, mm. I think certainly, I know it's cold comfort for some, but certainly the novelization, I think. Mm-hmm. Is going to have a lot more uh, of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Will give us a clearer sense of of what Rose's role uh in the film was at yeah. one point. Yeah. Uh and if not, I hope even if yeah, I, I would love it of a TV show, but I, I hope yeah. the best for Kelly Marie Tran. I hope that she yeah. gets what she wants. Maybe she doesn't want to keep playing Rose and
3: She might be in the be done Star Wars. Star Wars.
1: <laughs> <'Cause> she, she, <laughs> she might, might be I,
3: like enough of this.
1: She is she's a talented, funny person. She might have some uh, great projects going all by yeah. herself. But I hope for the best for the character. Somewhere and yeah. uh, for Kelly Marie Tran as well.
3: Uh, who's doing the novelization? Is Ray Carson. Ray Carson. Super excited. Who? Most Wanted. Most Wanted. Did some great kind of building uh, additional uh, framework to the character of Kira, yeah. who was sometimes underserved in the movie, and made it really a character that I love more than I thought I would coming out of my first viewing of Solo. Yeah. So that's a great person to put this in, in, in her yeah. hands. Yeah. Interesting. That's coming out in the spring. Final story here, and this actually ties a little bit into our main topic, but we're going to talk about it here uh, before we take a break. Uncle Bob on the future. This was a variety post of this. It was, a, I think, a red carpet interview, maybe one of the, the UK release of Rise of Skywalker. Bob Iger being interviewed and he talked about a couple things. Let's run through some of the big points here. He, he did mention hey, you know, that the Kathleen Kennedy said no more trilogies. Uncle Bob, it seems like he didn't write that idea off but he talked about, hey, if it's one movie, maybe there's just a sequel. Uh, he, and I, I want to point out, I don't think Kathleen Kennedy put her fist down and said no more trilogies. I think just, she's saying, she's, I think she said, we're really thinking about maybe not a trilogy. Yeah. So that makes some sense. Uh, he talked about, he was asked about what's in development. He laughed. I think I said there's uh, basically said there's endless ideas, but less in development than we, the audience or we, the public, would expect. Uh, we, uh, uh, we he talked about uh, um, in some cases, I thought that was interesting. Some cases we bring them out, these projects, to see how the audience reacts and then react accordingly. So a couple things here. Quantity over quality approach here, uh, quality over quantity, uh, approach here, uh, do you want them to have two or three in the pipeline or 10 on the board beyond just, I'm sure there's 50 sentences yeah. in a, in a pitch Bible or something, you know, what <laughs> if, what if, what if, but what do you feel about that first? I feel like set Disney plus aside. Cause yes. they say do have as many
1: TV shows as you can. Great. Um, I think we're talking about the movies Movies, right in the real big uh big screen big audience uh, reaction I think having like uh, three ideas is great because right now they're really we're going to talk more about this right now it's really all about that first Mm -hmm. movie out of the gate in 2022 and if it's not a trilogy Mm -hmm. then not all of their eggs are in that basket so uh, to me if they like if they have three ideas and they're like 2022 we're going to do something that's kind of big that could be a new trilogy mm-hmm. and then 20 whatever whenever they can fit it in the calendar i know they have some on books on the date or dates on the uh, on the book do like we'll hear something that could maybe grow into something but could not that makes sense to me yeah
3: yeah, my only concern was like, hey, there's a lot of pressure on if you only got one or two coming down, and that's got to work. But there's going to be pressure on it regardless. Yeah, that 2022 one, uh, the announcement. There's pressure on the announcement. There's pressure on the <laughs> announcement. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk more about this. Uh, but
1: I, I do think it mm. is 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 uh, people have pointed out MCU did have a, a plan. It was mm. to introduce some characters and then they'd be in a movie together yeah. based on decades of comic books. So yes. they had source material. And they had a rough plan, but if Thor had come out and Thor bombed, tanked, it wouldn't have been enough to kill the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Thor still would have been in the Avengers. And then they just never would have made another Thor movie again. Yeah. And they have that flexibility. And I can't believe that Disney isn't looking at that model and going, how can we make a movie where we take a big swing? And if it doesn't land, that doesn't mean we're committed to it for two to three more movies. Mm.
3: Good stuff this idea of, of them bringing, uh, bringing quote, them out to see how the audience reacts and then react accordingly. I, my mind went to two ways. So one is like, is he re- referring to Solo, where they thought, yeah, we're going to do a Lando film and a Solo 2, and that we brought it out, and, well, nope, never mind about that. <laughs> or, or my tinfoil hat theory. Talk about flat earthers, Joseph. Tinfoil hat. Do they leak some of these stories to see what the reaction is?
1: Uh, you know, now that I uh, have literally physically lived in Hollywood for five years, been doing this podcast and other pop culture talking. Mm-hmm. I think they do. Yeah. Well, because it honestly, I mean, we know it, it's now been confirmed that that's what basically what happened with Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds yes. went rogue, right? And yes. he's like, I'll show you yep. how much interest there is in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just seems like, yeah, why wouldn't you uh, call variety and go, we're thinking of this, this, and this. Yep. And then a source says... They're considering and then seeing if the entire internet, you know, gets out their torches, you know, at the idea <laughs> or of, Java you know, movie like, or, yeah. there's a Jabba movie, you, you bastards. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that would inspire torches, but
3: yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it, I know it, it, this, these these things happen. I absolutely, we all know that, that that managers and agents will leak stuff out to help their clients with negotiations. But so it makes some sense. I don't think necessarily Uncle Bob's admitting that on a red carpet. I I still I wonder how much of it has to do with solo in a way. Where, and, uh, and, yeah. and I mean, he he was talking about Star Wars, but he could still be talking
1: about. Mm -hmm. mcu like i mean honestly they're phase four is about to introduce lots of new things yeah and and i think they're really building it so like hey great if uh the eternals Mm -hmm. hits great that's our new franchise if it does fine that's our eternals movie yeah thanks thanks and they're in that position with that franchise to do that and Mm -hmm. again i can't think it's not just like how to pump out two to three a year like mcu but look at the flexibility that MCU storytelling yeah gives them to
3: build on a success or calmly back away from a only okay response yeah i mean didn't was it the, was it the uh, who in humans was announced as a movie Right? Yeah. Uh, and then they decided to do it as a TV show. then So there's your MCU is perfect plan. I, I love Marvel movies. Don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, I do. do. Yeah. Uh, final thought about this one here. Uh, he did like to talk about th- they absolutely respect the fans, and they have to respect the fam- fans, but that Disney films, he didn't necessarily just say Lucasfilm. In fact, he says Disney films, Marvel films. Uh, they do not overcorrect on the whims of fans. So this ties a little bit to the last story, too. Whims of fans can be taken. You can take it as very bad we just want a Mecha Luke or, or something that was generally good. Like, Hey, we felt not enough Rose. Could we correct this? So they could go either way. They're going to have to do what's best for business, but also they absolutely have to respect the fans. So uh, it's an interesting, it's, it's just, I don't think Bob's going to win or he, he can't win for losing by answering this at all. Uh, uh of just, uh, you know, the, the thought that rise of Skywalker is written by a Reddit thread is silly a notion. Um, but at the same time, it, it, it met some fans needs who didn't like last Jedi. You can't deny that. So it's like, it's a, it's a tough thing for him to comment on. I thought, I think so too. And I think,
1: I think everybody, uh, from Kathleen Kennedy to Chris Terrio have been taking hard questions and trying their best to give honest answers. And I I am not a Pollyanna. Mm. Disney is a
3: giant
1: company that we should all maybe be a little afraid of. They're they're awesome. Might, they want to make money, Mm. but within that, a very realistic view. Mm. I choose to believe them that they know that a great artistic expression from a singular point of view of a handful of artists Mm. is what usually works best. And they're trying their best of like, how can we ensure our bottom line while also letting artists go crazy Mm. and make something truly real. And I think that is when you imagine yourself in, is the person holding all that money and all that power is a little bit of a mm. more difficult yeah. task than than I think it sometimes feels like from the outside,
3: yeah, and Uncle Bob's always out there talking writing books and answering the big tough questions, and we're gonna probably refer back to some of the stuff here in our main topic uh, before we do, we're gonna do our little Four Center recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us
1: that is right we are going to recommend we've recommended this before but damn it we're doing it again uh spark of the resistance it is the uh young adult or is it middle reader i'm sorry mm. i don't know which one uh but it's by justina ireland it's got great context for episode nine and i realize that some of the stuff that i was like really mm. comfortable with in rise of skywalker is because we read about it in yeah. books ray is struggling with the force there's some great back and forth between ray and poe getting their dynamic going Mm. uh it seems in that book that maybe rose has feelings for finn but mm, not necessarily Mm. it feels like they're being reciprocated so there's lots of stuff uh that i think
3: guides you toward nine Ah, uh, check it out and do so on us. Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash 4 Again, that's audibletrial.com slash 4 for your free audiobook. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, the future of Star Wars. All right, we are back here on Force Center, we are going to talk about Star Wars 2020 and beyond. Star Wars is going on. I'm so happy for that. I know you out there <laughs> listening are happy about that, uh, even uh, despite any tough... Tension-filled conversations you're having with friends over Star Wars or seen online. This thing goes on, and that brings us great joy. Uh, Joseph, we're going to talk about what that might mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. yes. We're going to talk about 2020 and beyond. But, Ken, I wanted to start with uh, just being Star Wars fans and and doing some love. Do you have a favorite bit of content looking back at 2019 and or a favorite, just personal experience.
3: Uh, Content-wise, I got to tell you, I, I just bawled my eyes out in, in Rise of Skywalker the first time. It just hit me, man. It hit me, which is why I can I can, I can can hear all the criticisms. I can I can understand a few of them, many of them. Um, I'm generally and genuinely confused at some of the outright hate. Again, it's kind of seen some of the, okay, I see where that might take you down that path. I came out of that just surprised that I know not everyone's going to be crying, (laughs) but I loved it so much. Yeah, And yep, it's crazy. It's bonkers. We'll talk about that in shows to come. It just made me feel something I hadn't felt in other star Wars films. And that, 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 that makes it my favorite bit of content and a great experience. I still go back to celebration and we have a lot of time, great times meeting all of you out there. When we run into you, that always makes us feel good as, as, as well as your nice messages. But that moment I talked about the trailer and seeing everyone stop and react and me getting teary-eyed at just fans stopping and, and f- loving Star Wars with such passion and, and, and you, uh, a feeling that you could just grab onto was so yeah. thick. That was my favorite thing of 2019.
1: Yeah, that, those are great answers and uh, uh, my thoughts are similar. I, I would throw for content, The Child. In that, yes, uh, yeah. I loved all of, uh, we're not going to talk about details because uh, yeah. I think we still have at least two listeners in Europe who haven't got to see The Mandalorian yet or yeah. have it utterly ruined. But yeah. the second episode was just such a surprise of, oh, is this what we're doing? Mm. And I, it was a great experience that I will cherish. Uh, I'm with you with The Rise of Skywalker. I think it just, it reinforced so many of the core ideas about hope and found family mm. and that. It, it made me feel that the light side is just as powerful as the dark side. It made me feel that on an emotional level. And a lot of that was Ray To see this this person who had trained and is powered up
4: mm-hmm.
1: and has all of this power at her disposal. And I think it's a great metaphor for we all have that power at our disposal. And she keeps using it yeah, for kindness and defense. And she goes through what we all go through of... But I have terrible things that happen to me that I, and I have a right to be angry. And what if I listen to everybody whispering in my ear that I should be angry? And she overcomes it and it's just the heart of star wars mm. and and i am so, so grateful for that experience and to be able to see it and, and feel it that way um mm. and for for favorite uh, experience yeah the star wars uh, celebration was great in yeah. that particular day seeing the trailer mm. uh continue to love palpatine love ian mcdermott and
4: Mm-hmm.
1: the comedy and the absurdity and and the specificity of him saying roll it again yeah. it's great and, and you and i went to, on to have a great day when yeah uh talked to fans and bought action figures and trivia contests and that is the night of mark ellis's uh live comedy oh, show yeah, and just yeah. like it, it, was, it was a great day of uh, star wars and friends in star wars so mm-hmm. lots of great things in 2019 but let's look ahead so uh here we are Mm. sequel trilogy is done. The Skywalker saga is done, for now. Uh, Mandalorian mm-hmm. Season 1 is done. Those are the two big pillars of Star Wars content right now. Ken,
3: simple question. What's the <laughs> state of Star Wars? I think it's a, sol- it's a pretty solid state, a good state. It's a confusing state. <laughs> we, a solid, confusing yeah, state. Yeah, a celebration, which sells out fast, and we know 2020 sold out just as fast. We... Cannot deny that Last Jedi inspired many feelings, uh, mixed feelings. Solo mm, maybe didn't connect with as much people as we would have hoped as hardcore fans here. Uh, Despite of that, everyone's racing out to go celebrate Star Wars again at Star Wars Celebration. Rise of Skywalker's put us in a similar spot. Familiar, we're in familiar territory. (laughs) But at the same time, Mandalorian, we'll try to avoid any plot details, Mandalorian is capturing the hearts of fans. I don't like that it's sometimes used against Rise of Skywalker. I think that's BS, quite frankly, but not that you can't like Mandalorian more than Rise of Skywalker. You, know, you the, just don't need to knock one thing down to compliment it, another. It's, we don't have the time. Um, <laughs> deleted actual friends from my life. Never mind. Um, but so, so where if, if you didn't have Mandalorian, I'd be like, man, I don't know, maybe they should just wrap this up and as sad as it makes me f- f- feel, not do any more movies and just say that was fun. We're going to move on to other things. Indiana Jones 5. I can't say <laughs> that because not only did I love Red Skywalker and many people listening did, but people are all on board for Mandalorian, which makes me happy, by the way. So I think it is. It's in a pretty solid state Yeah. To have a lot to build on and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I would say that
1: even the uh, vitriol about mm-hmm. last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker is, is proof that there's engagement and excitement and a oh, desire yeah. for people to experience something and they're they're searching for something mm-hmm. in in Star Wars that, that they've experienced before and want to experience yeah. again. Um, but it's a fascinating point because I think there is a tension between the new and the old. And I always bang on about this, about that to me being a vital agreement, ingredient in Mm -hmm. star Wars, at least the Skywalker saga at this point, absolutely. Where a new hope was very much about nostalgia. Uh, but it was also such a thrilling and new thing with blazing new effects and a kind of story that was felt like a breath of breath of fresh air in Mm -hmm. 1977. And I, I think we're seeing these weird echoes of that, of like as much as I loved Rise of Skywalker, yeah, it feels like the a a good chunk of the audience is saying like I can't do any more old, yeah. I can't do e- even if it's a beautiful callback to a part of Star Wars I loved before. Mm. I, I I don't want the old. I want new. Mm. I want the Mandalorian. It's just it, it gets really complex because it's not like the Mandalorian doesn't have <laughs> eighty eight Easter eggs. <laughs> every episode it's just kind of combining them in a new package and it clearly feels new yeah to fans i mean it yeah and i was about to say something that i don't want to say about mandalorian yeah, yeah uh in terms of uh trying to keep it unspoiled for those two people in europe um <laughs> but I, I do feel like it, it's both complex and at the same time it's not i think yeah i think if there was going to be another movie in the skywalker saga i think I would question as much as I love both last Jedi and rise of Skywalker's like, I think they might collapse under the weight of the past. Yeah. And what people are, seem to be going towards is the new.
3: Yeah. I agree with you in the, in the way of if they said, Hey, it's episode 10 and it's, we're still going. I'd be like, yay. But in the back of my head, I'd be like, I mean, back of my head now I'm kind of relieved that it's over. And that like, yep, let's do it. Go to the old Republic go to a, a part of the galaxy we haven't heard and light and the force is called, you know, Zoopy sauce. And, <laughs> and we got two other, I mean, do it because now I want to embrace it too. Cause I'm excited to see that stuff, but also maybe we don't have those expectations of yeah. Luke and Leia and Han and all the ghosts of the past. Yeah. Yeah. Free,
1: freed from the ghosts, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So given that analysis, uh, let's talk real specifically about 2022. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts? A, do you is that rock solid? Just just because they put out on the calendar that they saved yeah. that December doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna be that December. No. So let's just start there. Do you think right now that there's going to be a new Star Wars big screen movie in December of twenty
3: twenty two? Great question. I will say yes. I think they got stuff. I think they're they're cooking it cooking it all up. Now. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, so they're preparing multiple dishes and yeah, just deciding yeah. which to serve.
3: Yeah, I think they're probably even more I think they know what's coming out. I mean, I'm trying to think of a good food metaphor, but because now, now I'm hungry. Yeah, no, I, I think it's happening. Yeah. Okay, what do you what do you want? You just listed some of the the big possibilities yeah.
1: of doing Old Republic, going to either another part of the galaxy, going to the far future, saying, "Hey, beyond the unknown regions, there's a different galaxy." Really going out there, like let's free ourselves entirely oh. of anything besides lightsabers
3: and something force-like. Besides yeah. that, let's free ourselves. It's I. The easy answer for me is old republic times, because you have uh, even if you don 't pull everything over from legends or everything that we know, you have this kind of framework that I can wrap my brain around i I am really weirded out in a way in a good way of like what, if if you go to another part of the galaxy like the joke I just made, what is that?" Is is it even Star Wars if, if there's no mention of the rebellion against the Empire or Jedi or lightsabers or, or Sith? I, I, and and could that even happen? And I know that's what they're asking themselves. Yeah. We've seen several of them. Ryan Johnson, what is the core? How do we tell Star Wars stories without Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that makes me nervous. It makes me nervous also because you know because I just they could announce we're doing Revenge of the Sith Part two, and I'd be like, yay! (laughs) So I know that's just me, but I'm going to... It's just two hours of Anakin attacking the temple. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) give it to me. So uh, I'll go back to the foundations of Give Me the Star of the Jedi Order, what that series was going to be, potentially from Benioff and Weiss, reimagine it in some way. I'd be good with that.
1: Yeah, I I think the Old Republic continues to me to be the best idea, because it does have recognizable it's jedi and sith but but that is when you really think of it from a storytelling perspective and dial into it a war between the sith and the jedi Mm. and what it's like philosophically for both sides Mm. opens you up to okay if they're going to tell that story through specific individual charming characters where we care about their personal journey that uh will quickly become a different story than just there's a light side user and a dark side user and yeah. the light side user is going to fall and like, <clears throat> yeah. excuse me, doing some of those um, things that, uh, that might feel right repetitive. So there's that. The other part of me in, in this kind of connects to what we're talking about in the news
3: yeah.
1: feels like in order to just kind of blow people out of their seats, it needs to be entirely fresh to, in, right, to right, entirely right. shut down the, Oh, we're doing this again mm. conversation and reaction to find someone or a collection of someone and say, you reimagine Star Wars. I don't mean actually reboot it. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. find a place it's like, but what is Star Wars to you? What is your version of an opening crawl? Hmm. Does he even need to have music like John Williams? Something that is right shockingly new. But then you have that gamble of if you let an artist, one specific artist do their absolute vision, it will read as a true and honest film. Hmm. And either it will connect with people or it won't. Either people will go, yeah, this is like starting fresh. It's so great. Mm. Or else people will go, that's not Star Wars. Yeah. And then, and then they're in, which is, I think that, I think that's kind of what they're wrestling with on some level Mm. of, we know we need to let somebody not do their take on the Skywalker saga. Right. We need to have somebody make something brand new, but we don't want to be stuck with it so we don't want to say yep that's the trilogy so we want to be able to do a movie like that in a time period right and if that one doesn't quite take we can pivot a little
3: yeah yeah that again that that, that's the scary part of of so so as you're talking i'm like yeah you know i guess you could go to another world and then you could have a young kid that doesn't know that they have power oh wait <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh you could have a big war and there's oh oh wait <laughs> like and because it's star wars is built on these timeless tropes and heroes journeys and mythic uh, you know uh, templates that we're so familiar with that is what we talk about the core of star wars in a lot of ways and what george intended blah 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 so i i'm glad i don't have that power <laughs> responsibility right now to do it yeah it's feige Favreau and look, Favreau. Without getting into his details, did a lot with the the Mandalorian. The where I'm like he, he told a he told a different story. The Mandalorian's not a child, you know, Mm-mm. who's discovered that they've got powers and they're part of something bigger. It's a different story. I don't know if that plays out as easily on the big screen. Yeah, but that's also why I love that we got TV. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. But yeah. Can you tell a new Star Wars story, a two two movies a trilogy and the center of it is a is a 45-year-old humanoid, man <laughs> or woman doesn't matter, who finds himself you know, trying to change like is that star- I don't know, I don't know. I, I
1: I think you can. I think the reason the Mandalorian works again without content is there, yeah. there there is a ton in it that we recognize. Yes. But I think it super honestly comes from young John Favreau going mm. I that will I want star Wars to be like X. Like yeah. you showed me the cantina and I truly want a whole movie that erupts out of that one place. Yeah. That's what I want. And you, I think as viewers, we sense that honesty. It's not somebody coming in and going, mm. Hmm, How would I remix this ingredients? It's it honestly what an artist wants to see yeah. and show the world. And I think that is the big thing. Can they find the right artist? So you sense that honesty yeah. in every frame of this is what I always thought star Wars was. I'm not remixing it. I'm putting my Star Wars I'm on my the screen. Star Wars on it. But then it's that one person Star Wars. And part of the power of this is every Star Wars fan in the world has a different opinion about Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. And you're picking yeah. one of them yeah. to take a big swing. Big swing. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Anyway, mm. uh, you talked about this. Let's talk about the announcement itself. When
3: and where and how do you want an announcement about that 2022 film to be made? I think you can wait to Celebration 2020 in August uh, in Anaheim. I think you should make a big deal of it. I don't want Bob Iger to do it on a call. I don't want a <laughs> website to leak it out. I'm sure they will. I don't want Favreau to Instagram it. I uh, give us what you have always talked about the Marvel going to El Cap and doing an announcement. Yeah. And they play, they've done very well. Disney Lucasfilm, the announcement of Kenobi, despite the fact that the week before, you know, people were leaking it and kind of took away some of the surprise, um, the celebration. Obviously they do very well when they're announcing things. Um, or unveiling things, so I don't know if I I don't know if at any celebration they've really announced anything brand new. I'm trying yeah. to remember other than books, and those are usually in a second anti anti yeah. panel right. room. But take a big swing that way. Yeah, the world will be watching. You'll have the attendance. We're take, and it'll also give the, uh, the 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 feeling that you've taken your time to get it right yeah that they're not two weeks from now Iger gets on a call and says ah we're, we're doing this
1: Knights of the Old Republic yeah. anyway ask your nerd friends yeah, yeah um yeah I agree no Iger con. Uh, I really want it to be an event so it feels special right and, and, I'd, and I'd be happy to to wait until uh, August for Star Wars Celebration mm. so let's talk about the, the television how do you feel about the fact that for the next couple of years, Star Wars will live primarily on television. How, how will that kind of change for you, the way you think about or understand Star Wars? I,
3: I think it will end up being a really positive thing, as I thought it was going to be before Mandalorian. I, I, I've been on record saying I wasn't super excited for Mandalorian. I was more excited for Cassie Andor, and then, of course, more excited for Kenobi. That still holds true. I really enjoyed Mandalorian. It was a weird time because the movie comes out. It 's not just that I think Star Wars is on belongs on the big screen and it's an event it's just I think it looks better and it feels better and Mandalorian had some season one budget issues that hopefully by season two we'll look back and laugh at <laughs> where you look at you know I always look at season one of Game of Thrones they're shooting walls on close ups because they don't have a castle yeah and then two three seasons later they're in a castle so I'm in a weird spot right now at this moment for you to ask me this question because hmm. I I think in a couple months, once some of the vitriol has died down and I'm talking to friends again, I will feel okay with really enjoying Star Wars, live action Star Wars on the TV. Yeah. Animation's so different. It's so, uh, and maybe it shouldn't be. Yeah. Because Rebels packed the punch, towards, especially towards the end. Clone Wars coming back. Like, I have a different feel of Clone Wars coming back. I can't wait. I'm excited. It's Clone Wars, man. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think anyone's going to, you could say the storytelling's better than any other thing you've seen in Star Wars in 30 years. And if it moves you that way, it moves you that way. I'm in a weird spot. I, I, I think it's going to be okay. Yeah. And that's for me. I'm speaking for me right now. Yeah. where I just, I don't want, I don't want you and McGregor sitting in a VR sound set. <laughs> I want it to be better.
1: Yeah, I I think there there were a couple of budget things that did go like what well, made me feel like, Oh yeah, we could've we could have thrown a few more yeah. of this character here or that kind of thing. Um, in general, I think it, you know, in the sort of audacious spirit that the that a new hope was made when you yeah. get to the editors, you know, yeah. using every bit of footage so they're rocking the uh the Tuscan Raider back and forth to make yep. them do their famous like they're doing some inventive we're gonna get this made by hook or by crook, because yep. we don't have enough millions of dollars. Um And I really think since Mandalorian was so well received that that budget will flow and, and Disney plus itself is too big to fail, right? Yes. So they need to. So there's that. Um that always works out. <laughs> <laughs> the too big to fail? Yeah. It's yeah. perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why every business works that way, yeah, right? Yeah. Just put too much money in it and then you're fine. And
3: you're fine. Yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I would take a Star Wars series about that. Anyway, uh I think there is for me and it I agree that there's a there's an essential part of Star Wars that is the big communal experience of seeing it in a theater yeah. on a big screen. Um but there's also this joy of, like, if Kenobi comes and people aren't that excited about it, it's not going to be this lightning rod. They'll just be like, yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. Not going to watch the rest. Yeah. So if it succeeds like Mandalorian, it can soar. Yeah. And if it doesn't, it won't be as much of a lightning rod. It won't be this confusing feeling yeah. that I know I've had. I think you have, too. After both Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker are so contentious, that weird feeling to go, I am a fan of one of the most popular things ever created. Why is everyone angry? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's I think the TV shows give us a little bit of break from those that level of heated opinion. Yeah. The other value of it I think is the Mandalorian is a great example of small character-based stakes. Yes. And there are obviously big popular movies that do that that well, but there's often pressure to add the ticking clock. Yeah. And add those the entire galaxy is at stake. Mm. And I think sometimes those are the parts of the movies that don't work as well for me or end up drawing a lot of criticism like star killer base. Yeah. And like this fleet came out of where that's all there because of the pressure for movies to be ticking clock, big things, big stakes in Mandalorian is showing us. Can't, I'm not even going to say it. They're character based, stakes, (laughs) right? Uh, they're small character based stakes. And if, If Star Wars fans get to see multiple shows where like, oh, it doesn't matter if the galaxy's at stake. I'm really interested that this character's soul is at stake. Yeah. What happens if that translates to Star Wars movies? Mm. And maybe you still have a, a, you know, massive battle scenes because that's, it's called Star Wars. Yeah. Maybe there's still some wars, but maybe the focus isn't like, how are we going to come up with the way the galaxy is going to be destroyed in this one? And it can just be about. Yeah the characters in a conflict.
3: I I think if, if, if by Kenobi we will know if, if, if it's going to work, I think a little bit better and not retrain, but I guess I saw some comments after episodes one or two of Mandalorian of some, some people saying, man, you know, at first I thought I was bored, but then I realized it was a brand new pacing to star Wars. I hadn't seen before. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Cause it absolutely is different than any movie. Yeah. And again, animated shows, on the side there, but even that. you but even you saw that we, we hear a lot in animation. What do we hear? Ah, oh, man, this episode was just filler <laughs> and yes, episode of the week. We yeah. know, we know, and, and some of that sometimes that is true, but Mandalorian had a little bit of that. But uh, it, people by the end of Mandalorian, they're they're trained to training themselves to take this 35 minute slower paced story, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, so in terms of the general state of Star Wars, do you think it can continue to be? both one of the most popular things ever created and also something that does require a little bit more knowledge Mm -hmm. or lore. Like, I I mean, I feel like people absolutely can just go like, I've seen some star Wars. I go rise of Skywalker. I get the big idea. Yeah. But a lot of those specific details do ask you to be familiar with other films. Um, Mandalorian again, without details does ask you to be familiar with some very specific book card animated series stuff yeah there,
3: there is a big part of Star Wars that you you increasingly need to be all in. I saw some tweets about Mandalorian of people saying by episodes four, five and six, if this wasn't Star Wars, I wouldn't still be watching uh so that you're right, I think I think they do a great job of that of that balance, and sometimes it I don't know some a little bit of rise of Skywalker got hurt by. Oh, you didn't read Resistance Reborn, so you weren't prepared that, uh, Finn and Rose kind of already talked about it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I think overall, um, I think it, even in solo, they take great care to try to present something that stands on its own. Right. Um. Yeah, honestly. You know, the, the mall thing was one, and mall's a great example of, let's just do it. Put him in there and, and, that comes up a lot. Of, yeah. I thought he died. Well, actually, and, and so it, they do a good balance, and Star Wars will continue to be as popular as it is because the next generation's always come along. I just talked to him. My mom put a kid on the phone. It's an f- old friend of ours. It's their kid. And they put him on the phone with me because he's a big Star Wars fan. Yeah, like six, seven years old. And <laughs> I have a great conversation with this kid who's just like, yeah, I like Star Wars. Who's your <laughs> favorite? Kylo Ren. Great. It just... He's not he doesn't care about he's he, he's not allowed to read the books yet or doesn't have the books right. yet or he's there for what he sees on the screen. So it will always regenerate.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great, healthy attitude. And and I suppose that in some ways, if you can have something like Solo, I think Solo is a great example because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a lot of people go in with the yeah, we know Han Solo like the back of our hand. What is this going to add? But honestly, if you didn't like it's a uh, poor kid. Mm -hmm. on a planet controlled by an evil organization he wants freedom it's real accessible and then when you even when you get to mall it's like oh well there's some big scary guy who's in charge of this great right and uh the worst thing that happens is if people don't know who that is they ask their friends or, (laughs) or click any of the available clickbait yeah 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 watch the videos all right. Ending uh, Explained. Anyway. Ending Explained. Uh, so, the I, I think Resistance is not even taking a break. It's just plowing through. It's going to be done by the end of January. Right,
3: right, right. You're right.
1: You're right. Uh, well, I, I had been under that impression, and then I was like, oh, wait. Nope. I looked it up. Uh, so, second half of Resistance uh, is coming right away in January. Uh, I guess just the end, not the second half. Do you, speaking of being attached to other lore, do you want it to tie into the Rise of Skywalker, or the, the sequel trilogy.
3: Yeah, I do, because I, I feel it, it's connected already in some great ways. It's some of my favorite parts of Resistance. Uh, so the idea... Yeah, look, we, we talked about Rebels. Does Rebels end at the Battle of Scarif? And yeah. Floney was, no.
1: Because <laughs> he no. wanted it to
3: be their story and not, yeah. yeah. But we know the ship's there. So... Does, you know, there's a Colossus, there's a final sequence of, hey, we're getting a message from Land, some guy named Lando and Chewie, and we're going to go join this fight. That would make a lot of sense for me, and I'd enjoy something like that. But I think it will tie in probably in a smaller way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, I'm I'm hoping for it. I feel like yeah. it, it's called resistance. Mm-hmm. We haven't had as much storytelling uh, in the the yeah, resistance yeah. war, these last couple episodes are getting a little bit more into the thick of mm-hmm. battle with the first order. Ah, man, mm-hmm. and, and Billy D Williams is clearly happy to play Lando. Yeah, come on, I want to hear, I want to hear yeah. Lando's message to the core worlds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and I want them to be inspired by that. To me, it's just it's an opportunity for like, well, what, this is what resistance is. It's it's yeah. the, been the story of some of the you know normal people, of the galaxy just trying to get by. Mm -hmm. Ending up in a position where the first order makes that impossible for them. They're running, they're afraid They this season keeps emphasizing that where Doza in particular Mm -hmm. is just like, I'm just trying to stay alive. Yeah. And Kaz is kind of pushing towards like, but we have to help people. We have to be a part of this. And so that's already part of the conversation of the show. Yeah. So to me, it seemed like it, that's, that would be great to just finish that conversation and have that speech from Lando and see how it makes everybody go, uh, all right, but if we all go there together, we can make a difference. Yeah. Like, please. We're not a Navy, but we're people. Yeah, yeah. They don't need the direct yeah. callback, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, what are your hopes for uh, the February release of Clone Wars? Uh, what are
3: your personal desires? Do you want um, closure? Do you want surprise? Oh, that both works, actually. There, I, I think uh, <laughs> I'm actually pretty excited for it. And in a, a great way where it's just going to be this small little thing I think I get to enjoy and and, and I'm sure be some people try to use it against other properties in Star Wars but I, I'm really excited about it and I think it, it's such a the the people who love Clone Wars man, they love it and they love it and the fan reaction is always really good and it still kind of stays small you know, like it's still a popular thing that yeah you know, but also it's an entry point for a lot of people in Star Wars so that it's going to be fun and uh, I like the idea that, that you know it's well-documented. Filoni and his team, and there's a lot of people that make this show, didn't get the chance to close it out. So to come back and get that chance, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, I'm excited uh, for it to do a couple of things. I think maybe it'll have one or two fun details that tie to something in the Mandalorian or something in the sequel trilogy um, right? because it has the opportunity to. But I think a lot of it is going to follow a general shape of what their plan had been back in the day. Yeah. Um, so I am hoping that it will give some good closure to that chapter of Ahsoka's life mm. and hopefully kind of shed a little bit of like how she feels about the idea of what a Jedi is. I know yeah. in Rebels she says, I'm no Jedi, but right. I think there's a little something more there. Definitely. And given that it feels like this this season is Ahsoka's, it looks yes, like from the trailers. Much, yes, very much. And from what we know of that story from books and things like that. So I'm really hoping to get some sort of clarity on her philosophy mm-hmm. of the Jedi and her experience right. as a Padawan. The other thing I'm hoping for is I do hope that whispers that I've heard are true is that it it leads right up to Revenge oh, of the yeah. Sith. And I would love if it found some ways to just amp up the tragedy of Revenge of the Sith.
4: Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. It's already tragic. I already like the way it starts with Anakin being very uh, much uh, concerned about Obi-Wan, concerned about yeah. all the people around him. You can see the good person that he wants to be. Mm-hmm. And I would love it if the end of this just kind of amped that up in, in interesting
3: ways. I, I mean, I would love if it just literally is them popping into their Jedi Starfighters, and we got to get the course. And yeah, for with that. like
1: some yeah. beautiful moment of brotherly unity yeah. between, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. I think if you, if you really drive home Anakin's pain mm-hmm. that he lost Ahsoka, yeah, not, that she died, but from the Jedi order and, and so those seeds of doubt. So you see that darkness and that anger, Mm. but then just a great moment of brotherly unity before him and, and Obi-Wan take off. Yeah. Mm. Good. Yes. Chef's kiss on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, that leads us to the next animated series. There's rumblings that there will be one. Mm. My first question for you is, do you want that to be on Disney plus or do you want there to still be anything that's broadcast? So,
3: uh a, in theory a wider audience can see it maybe not yeah yeah great question about the, the wider audience thing uh i i think i i mm, i think i'd like it on, on disney plus it makes some sense but for animated shows if, if it goes to a wider audience it'll be younger and so that changes my expectations immediately yeah um so i i think thought I want an adult animated Star Wars cartoon, but I, yeah I'd I like to again, maybe that's where you go to more of a Jedi Temple Jedi order type of thing and and you could do a young another young hero type of learning mm. and, and I'd be okay with that and it would work and would work whether it's on Disney XD or Disney plus doesn't matter to me at that point um and i think that's kind of what i want for an animated series i want to grow with an anime these animated series and resistance does do it maybe not as powerfully as rebels at least yet yeah uh i want to start one spot and really end up in another spot with a young and i think you can do that easier with a younger character yeah in animated shows yeah that happens you know with ahsoka too so
1: yeah yeah if there was a show that was a little bit more uh, at like I, I really like Resistance, but it is clearly for a younger audience. Yeah, there's there's a okay. lot of tripping and screaming. It's all beautiful. It's well done. I, yeah. I really really like it, and the animation's beautiful. But it is undeniably for a younger audience than Clone Wars and Rebels was. Yeah, Clone Wars in particular, and Rebels walk that line of. You don't see blood, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. <laughs> Slaughter Town, especially some episodes <laughs> yeah. of Clone Wars, like, you know, this is about a war. We're not kidding, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and it deals with uh, big, complex ideas of how what is the level of humanity of the clones and right. all, all, oh, all, yeah. all that kind of stuff. If you're going to get something more in the model of Clone Wars and Rebels level of right. it's for kids, but also for more mature audiences, what kind of story or where in the timeline are you interested
3: in? Then you might, to me, you might just pick up on on give me the Ahsoka Ezra Sabine journey. Yeah. Uh, th- then maybe that can be. That's not maybe not as big, you know. But who knows what they get tied into up there? I can fight the Grisks. Um, <laughs> I'd like that a lot. I'd like something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Versus another. You know, are we going to do boots on the ground, uh, rebellion series? Probably not, you know, yeah. like, but going that way.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, did you see the Filoni tweet over the weekend? Yeah, I did.
3: <laughs> so, okay.
1: I, I hear it in your voice. So let's just go there. Let's talk about it. Look, I love Dave Filoni.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we, you and I know a lot of people who know him and have worked with him. Uh, our pal Jen Murrow worked with him before he worked on star Wars. Okay. Um, I have not heard one bad thing about Dave, so this isn't a gossip session. But we do know he's tremendously protective and pretty sure of his place in Star Wars. He does some things that sometimes I'm like, Ahsoka's got to die at some point, pal. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm so glad to just have this conversation. So for people who didn't see
1: the tweet, mm-hmm. uh, Ahsoka's voice is in the, uh, the collection of Jedi's uh, Jedi who, uh, who speak to Rey. Beautiful. I love it. It's great. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, many fans went oh no does that mean ahsoka is in the forest that must mean she she died yeah uh, even right there look i you can do different headcanon you can do that all those jedi are, are speaking to her during their own lifetime when they were meditating yeah and they saw this moment you could go with that perfect headcanon doesn't necessarily mean ahsoka died and then you get into the whole but she wasn't a jedi well, okay well that's a really interesting conversation about well maybe the jedi have loosened up yeah <laughs> about what it yeah. means to be a jedi yeah. all sorts of great stuff but then uh in response to those concerns of, oh no, she's dead. Filoni tweets out. It was a picture of Ahsoka talking to Gandalf, The, the white, white. Yeah. And saying in Gandalf, the white is saying something like people once thought I was dead too. And look how yeah. that turned out. Right. Yes. Okay. So fun. Great. Great. It does fun. show that Dave's like, uh, sh- she is my beating heart. I, I love hear this you. character. Yeah. And, and don't worry. Her, her story is, is yeah. still to be told. Yes. I do feel like one of the big storytelling elements of star wars is let go <laughs> <laughs> i love ahsoka with all my heart and i do just want to see the story end yeah. because she's been such a unique character of you spend all the clone wars going Ew, how's order 66 gonna work yeah. out for yeah for yeah. Uh, snips uh and then you get to rebels and like well if if luke really is one of Uh, is the new hope what happens to oh okay yeah yeah she made it out of that too it starts to get to be like Mm -hmm. i love this character but i also love obi-wan who died in his first appearance in star wars (laughs) it doesn't mean the end of the character to share with us yeah the end of her journey yeah and and i I want that so i i I, Uh, very long way to say I want the Ahsoka want Ezra Sabine series that Flony I think, has in mind.
3: Yeah, I want it all. I, I give me more books than Ahsoka. Give me the, she, she really legitimately became one of my favorite characters in her story. Just what you said, because the whole time I was like, well, she's got to die, right? Oh, no, and they did, they did this wonderful thing with this. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, just Dave is notoriously protective of the character, as he should be. Yeah. Um. Though, you know, a lot of it did come from George's mandate. Mm-hmm. Um I just sometimes I think he has this. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm off in the corner. You all do your stuff, and <laughs> I'll do my stuff, and that's not necessarily fair.
1: You definitely want to see uh, Ahsoka and uh, face off against Thrawn in the Pergles. Yes, <laughs> that's what we want. Uh, I would be happy also with uh, you and I have both talked about some sort of uh, Luke adventures if Mark Hamill wanted yeah. to. But there's also some value to me of like. That was, let's take a, a step back from the Skywalkers for a little while. Totally, so totally. we'll see. Uh, Mandalorian season two in fall of 2020. How do you think uh, people will receive a second season
3: after a year of speculation? That's a great question, Joseph. <laughs> I hope the show is spectacular, but I also cannot wait for the people who are. Spewing hate at Rise of Skywalker, but loving the Mandalorian and pitting them against each other, suddenly finding themselves disappointed that their year-long fan theories didn't come true. The, uh, Favreau went in a direction he wanted to go, not what you wanted to go. I can't wait.
1: I I, I feel like this podcast is turning into me being Darth Sidious. <laughs> tricking you into letting out some yes. some more of your your yeah. anger your anger yeah. I, I think it is a, a a interesting conversation to go people had few expectations about mandalorian cuz it was new and that was the yeah. joy and it was the oh oh wow that's what the show is yeah but it'll be interesting to see if pe- i i pray that people can be as open-hearted and open-minded as they were yep. about the first season in the second season yeah and, ha- and do not come up with elaborate uh mando uh fanfic that they are uh, yep. upset didn't play out
3: and you and i already got some theories forming and yeah uh, you know some of it's based on whispers and innuendos and rumors or tweets uh we'll see what happens and i just that's one of the best things I love about mandalorian the only expectations out there at all were kind of, ooh, gritty underworld bounty hunter. And that ended But 10 minutes into the show, we realized something bigger is happening. Yeah, there's something else going on, but you yeah. plenty of gritty bounty hunter stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you didn't, by the time he, you know, yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> ah, right. Uh, so the journey was so surprising and so rewarding. And it really was for me, despite any nitpicks I have. It really was. I Yeah, I want that to continue. Yeah. But here, there, there goes the challenge in this yeah. day and age of... Cinema Sins, plot holes, and my theory viewing.
1: Yeah. Open your heart to season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, The first season was such a great journey into the heart and soul of that main character. My only hope, like, I I have a couple predictions and Mm -hmm. wants, but I'll let them go. My only hope that I won't let go is that the show continues in that trajectory. Yeah, And it is about, now that that character has gotten to this plateau where they can see things from that perspective what's the next plateau they go to what are the uh, next worlds they visit literally physically but more importantly uh where does the man do visit in his heart (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) that is what i'm excited for (laughs) uh running down just a a few more of the things that are coming in 2020 to be nice completionists here on Four center star wars jedi temple challenge show with ahmed best on disney plus uh what so if, if for people who haven't been following along? It's a game show that uh, where young people will play Jedi and Ahmed Best is playing an actual Jedi and they're being trained in the temple through challenges. But it's a game show too. Uh, what are your hopes for that or for sort of value to the Star Wars community?
3: I'm just as excited about this than I think almost anything, <laughs> man. I, I just love. Uh, I've I've grown to just have a Special plates in my fan heart for Ahmed Best, I think a lot of people have. And for him to Come Back playing a character, doing it for children as he talks about, they kept him uh, kept him alive in a way during yeah. during parts of his life after what happened with Jar Jar. Um and I love this is what I want. Disney Plus is Disney, I get it. We don't I don't want to also pay for the Star Wars channel, by the way. <laughs> but as a as a wrestling fan who can log on to WWE Network and watch a show that's off in left field that has something to do with the the business I love but isn't the main thing or WrestleMania or anything. I want that for Star Wars and this can be it. Yeah. You know? Okay. I, I want these type of things where I'm a Star Wars fan and I get to go watch just a silly little game show and I don't have to worry too much about well, there probably might be some canon connections, right? I, I, this helps expand the the joy that that's usually hovering around Star Wars. Yeah, and I want more of these. Yeah, and I want to compete on this show.
1: <laughs> Me too. We uh we will disguise ourselves as children. <laughs> Screw describing yeah. yourself as a stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. Children. So Ahmed Best can teach you how to be a Jedi. Yeah, I'm excited for Ahmed Best. And the only other thing that I'll say about this one is, yeah, I think it's this is a great way to invite kids into the Star Wars uh, mythos. And I hope for a canon thing, like I don't care if it's like canonically accurate that Mm. Steve from Cincinnati failed that day. (laughs) I don't want that. (laughs) Uh, But what I do think would be good is so much of Star Wars has – questioned the jedi mm-hmm. and i think there are things in the philosophy of the jedi and the spirit of what they mean in our culture that are super valuable in yeah. good life lessons and, I, and i'm i'm excited to to hopefully just see the sort of a uh, perspective in the heroism of the jedi celebrated. yeah i like that too yeah uh project luminous mm-hmm. uh, so this is the big uh teased uh, um publishing Project looks like it's going to be both books and comics, I think. Yeah. Um, certainly writers who have primarily worked in comic books, or maybe they're suddenly doing uh, novels, but I think it's both. Yeah. Um, the whispers that uh, I've been hearing is that it is separate from other stuff mm-hmm. uh, in terms of time and space <laughs> mm. so that it has some elbow room. Yes. Uh, that could not be uh, what it is. Assuming that that's what Project Luminous is. Yeah. Big interconnected story. Uh, think a little Shadows of the Empire, the way that was kind of a big connected thing. Um, do you think that's good for Star Wars, that the publishing uh, arm would have some room to just play? Yeah. Without being as like, oh, do we, do we got to put what in the book because J.J. Abrams decided what? But just able to to play for themselves and also not worry about, oh, but they got to be on Hoth by this time because that's yeah. the free of a lot more of those constraints. Is that good or does it just start to grow another little sub fandom of star Wars? It,
3: it it does the, yeah, yeah. the You know, it does a little bit, but I I'm excited for it because you and I love the publishing love, what's been coming out. Mm-hmm. There's always this feeling of, well, you're writing back to what was presented in the films and every single time it happens. And every time you, you know, you read something, Resistance Reborn, and we, you and I go, That's weird. Why do. Oh, now we see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because clearly, uh, Rebecca Roanhorse was clued into what was she needed to write to. Yeah. And they pull it off a- every time they pull it off. Every time I'm rewarded. Even the books that I don't gravitate to as much, I still get something out of them and feel they've done a great job expanding the new canon in the universe. This is. I, I we've we've both heard whispers now. I'm excited about some of the whispers I've heard. I I, I think I'm starting to have a good picture of what this could be. But here's the thing, I I don't know. Like I mean, even what I've heard, I'm like I don't even know what that means. Like what are you <laughs> gonna do? And it goes back to what you're talking about of just the 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 restraints, the walls are going to be very small. Right. That, that's exciting to me. Yeah. And I'll take, even if it's people are like, well, I'm a luminous fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I think that, it, I think that is a good thing to remind myself is it that's not the biggest problem in the world. I think yeah. there's a, the part of me is like, I'm really excited because I, I love what the publishing arm is doing. And if they have a little bit more elbow room, like <laughs> here, here's a time period we're not telling any stories in, go for it. Yep. Um, you know, they can't blow up all around, but besides that, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, if, yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. set before that or, you know, whatever. Um, but then, then my mind goes to, well, what if a bunch of us just become huge fans of, like, the main characters of that? And then yeah. there's always, like, the, yeah. like, there's now, like, why didn't they just make the Thrawn trilogy? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that there will be that subset of, like, we'll become uber fans of those characters. <laughs> but my hope yeah. is that the, we live in a more varied time. And if these books are insanely popular and there's mm. a big bunch of fans who, who like those main characters, like, well, yeah, give them a Disney Plus series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, it 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 could be something. Maybe where the the screen side uh, pulls from the publishing side would yeah. be fascinating. Uh, so, a few of the announced books for twenty twenty, we got Alphabet Squadron, Shadowfall, yeah. uh, Thrawn Ascendancy, Colon Chaos Rising, <laughs> <laughs> Queen's Peril, the Rise of Skywalker novelization, and that Clone Wars anthology. All
3: oh, right, I forgot.
1: About that. And the Clone Wars anthology is telling, I think. Mostly known stories from the Clone Wars era, from a specific kind of yeah. point of view, or just kind of that's great from a more uh, written point of view. So, out of those, what are you excited
3: for, and why? Really, all of them. Uh, Thrawn Ascendancy a little less, only because I just I just haven't taken to zon's writings uh, as much as the others but i still enjoy it I'm, that one actually i'm most curious about because there, there you go now you're taking this really outside of what we know it's we barely know uh, it's just ascendancy and unknown region stuff and Thrawn gets to kind of i'm sure pull back a lot of things from his old books and stuff so it's interesting alphabet squadron i i was so not surprised just we finally sat down to read it and i was like wow this is this is great and it's yeah. creating this little sub-universe within a familiar time period. yeah so i'm excited about that I, I, give me more padme stuff i'm excited about that and i gotta tell you that rise of skywalker novelization is is uh, i i it's not just anticipation <laughs> i'm just very curious yeah and i love what jason fry did particularly in the early parts of his novelization the force awakens one alan dean foster was, was nice it did, didn't it didn't have a chance to do too much more. You guys know how much I love the Rogue One novelization. I mm-hmm. think this could be very key.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, very similar thing. I, I'm excited for all of them. Alphabet Squadron was a uh, kind of surprise hit to me because I'm not always a super yeah. war in pilots guy. It's my mm-hmm. number one thing of Star Wars, but it was told so well and celebrated that idea of the unique in the mm-hmm. diverse standing up against the big machinery of the Empire, all great stuff. Queen's Peril, uh all the Padme stuff is great, and if you like politics, <laughs> yeah. getting into her kind of early skirmishes with the Trade Federation sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for sure the one that I'm excited about is Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh partially just because there there is a lot in the movie that could be explored in more depth in a novel. But also Ray Carson, I loved uh, the Most Wanted solo book, and I saw on social media. Um, paraphrase her tweet. I think she was responding to some people who were, you know, really unhappy with a uh, lot of Ray's journey with mm-hmm. both Ray Palpatine questioning Ray Skywalker, um, and Ray Carson had expressed the point of view that I don't feel like I'm seeing people talk about it as much of. Hey, even if you don't like Ray Skywalker, um, that probably does mean a lot to people Mm -hmm. who are adopted or who have adopted people. It's a powerful statement about blood is not the only thing that determines Mm -hmm. family. And uh, uh, I'm just paraphrasing. because I only saw the tweet once Ray Carson was saying that idea really means a lot to her. Mm. And it was responding really respectfully to someone who's like if you're unhappy with that, I really hope you give my book a chance. Mm. So I think Ray Carson is really going to dig into why is this moving story moving to her?
3: Look, point, we touched upon it, but like what, going back to what she did with Kira, Kira was a character that was Amelia Clark had to ch- deal with the director switch, probably hit her more than anyone else. So you get, you, you read between some of the lines she didn't I don't think Lord Miller knew what to do with that character. It's a femme fatale. She did a I had a I gained a lot more respect for a person I already love and admire, Amelia Clark. I'm a big gamer's yeah. nut, you all know that. I thought she grew into herself as an actor, and I thought that movie, I'm like, she added some stuff that, that were I thought loved her choices, loved it. But Ray Carson comes in and takes that character from a few years before and didn't just work back to the movie that was what you have to do as an author, but made just got inside her head, wrote it as, as, as a female author in control of this female character and just didn't correct things, just made it more full and robust and this vibrant character. Um, which is why I would be excited to continue the story in any other way, shape or form. Uh, the most power, the, the way she looked at Han, it helped me as a Han fan and, 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 really good stuff. Yeah. And a pretty simple, small story. Yeah. So now give her this and give her this complicated thing with Ray. I I think people, I hope people, I hope people give it a chance. Oh, I think people will.
1: Yeah. And and we should uh, recommend uh, most wanted all the time. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I saw who I thought the character of Kira was. Mm -hmm. And then what Ray Carson wrote was not only a validation of what I Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wanted to see in the movie and thought was in the movie, but then just gave it so much, life and it was yeah. it, it, it from my perspective it felt like this wonderful yes and yes here is really yes although although the why and the how and yeah d- so, down
3: so down to to kira's clothing down to why how it made her feel and and and, and why she and, would care about nice things which yeah. is in the movie that she yes. likes nice things yeah yeah it all worked and so to take all that into into yeah we could we yeah. could talk we can anyway. talk that, anyway. excited. That, i didn't i didn't see that tweet and i'm excited about that yeah. tweet super super excited for that
1: so uh just a couple more things so comics uh a few of the announced comics uh the rise of kylo ren has already started there's that first uh issue out Mm -hmm. several more coming this is going to have a big impact on our understanding of the sequel trilogy of kylo of the knights of ren Mm -hmm. how are you feeling about that of like uh the sequel trilogy just ended, but we're really
3: we're actually in the middle of this yeah. comic that's filling out some major Star Wars canon. And I like the first issue, including this big reveal that uh, Ben didn't slaughter the students, right? Or didn't want. I I read it real fast, but I was like, wait it, a minute. Yes, it seemed like he was surprised
1: that yeah. the temple was on fire, and in, in, in the other three, well, I'm not gonna spoil. Yeah,
3: it yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes into it. Um, I like it. This is why I I. If the, if the Skywalker saga goes on in comics and books and, and helps fill out the story, I, I still want that so bad, um, so badly. So uh, I'm excited about that. As far as the other comics, I'm in a weird spot with the comics where I'm like, I want to be won over a little bit more by some of them. I thought they started so strong and love a lot of the characters and things in them, don't get me wrong. But yeah, some of the lines, petered out a little bit for me. Okay. So uh, I, I want to be... I want my heart to be full again from Star Wars yeah. comics.
1: And we got a, a new Star Wars ongoing building up to... Uh, well, be between Empire and Jedi, right? Yeah, yeah. And we got a new Darth Vader ongoing uh, right after a New Hope, I think?
3: Y- no, I think it's after... Is it after empire? No, because every, everything else is afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. So it has to be after. Empire. Well, including, I mean, the one that's ready for Sith. Right, yeah. right, right. But the uh, the
1: ongoing Star Wars comic yes. has been, yes. uh, yeah. It, yeah. And then there's to- a Bounty Hunters one. There's a more Afra. Um. So I I'm reading as as fast as I can, but I'm still not caught up on everything that's out there. So
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, do do you? I know you've been up and down on the quality, particularly lately. Yeah. In the engagement, but are you excited that a lot of these ongoings are um? covering known eras or are you hoping for
3: more uh, no I'm excited with it to get past Empire uh, I'm really excited for the Afro series and if they could uh, keep that going and it's and it's a weird series and it goes but it's it's so it's a great example of playing around in an era we all know so well but playing in its own little sandbox and yeah. so that way when I see some weird stuff and I mean to, to, in terms of characters and I say weird and everything it it's just a bizarre things. And I'm just like, yeah, because <laughs> it's just, it's, it's our own little universe and yeah. it's great. So it works really well. I really like that character. Um, I am, I'm, I'll i I'll say this, I'm, I'm nervous about them dealing between, the time period between Empire and Jedi. Yeah. Because I got some great stuff between New Hope and Empire in the comics and then it went to places where it was, hey, it's just, eh, yeah eh, eh, eh. It's not for you. Not for me. So there's a lot of pressure in my mind as a fan. I'm like, all right, what happened between Empire and Jedi? I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Look, I'm waiting for your answers. And if it's that Luke got possessed by a vampire, (laughs) it's not going to be the answer I want. But yeah,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm I think it is a fine line to thread we have all known as Star Wars fans that the plan to rescue Han is complicated at best (laughs) at the beginning of return of the Jedi. I love it in spirit that Luke's trying to be a Jedi. He's trying everything before Mm -hmm. violence. Yeah. Uh, And that for me works. And there's a part of me of like you, it could be elegant and have fun to make sense of the plot. Yeah. But I also just don't want to get so hung up on that. I need a whole comic series to make this movie that we've all loved for decades makes sense. Cause obviously it's, we're working with it as is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So it could do that amazingly, or it could be just an exercise and yeah. Making lots of little fiddly bits
3: fit together. Fiddly bits, fiddly bits, star Wars, fiddly bits. <laughs> New <episode ongoing>. one. <laughs>
1: all right. So that is a, a big look at 2020 and possibly, uh, beyond at yeah. 2022 wanted to end on the note of, uh, A lot of discussion about Star Wars. It's not stopping anytime soon. Uh, Next year will mostly be television, comic books, uh, books. Be that way for the next couple of years. At this point, what always keeps you coming back to Star Wars?
3: How it makes me feel, man, and I'll always be brought back. And again, there's been some times I've closed those comic book pages and been like, why do I still buy these ones? And next month I do it. And it's no longer, I don't cover, we don't cover them here and we don't cover them on, on council anymore in detail. Right. Some people still want us to, and we'd like to, but we've gotten behind. I buy my comics a month at a time. Now Um, I still, so now I am coming back on my own. It's not, I can't say Well, that's where I have to do it for a podcast. I come back to those comics each month or week because I want to, and I want to love star Wars each time. And I want to find the things and celebrate the things in it that I do. So that's going to bring me back. Um, and the feeling I felt in, in in Rise of Skywalker, where those tears coming down my face, different times on different viewings, just shows that it is just, the heart's still there. Yeah, and that's 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 in a good spot.
1: Yeah, well, I think those are great answers. Uh, I think for me, it's uh, a little bit of what I did see in in Rise of Skywalker is and in Mandalorian. Honestly, just the fun. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. It sounds cool. Just go on an adventure. Yeah, in a different place, in a different. Time and yet it, it resonates back with you. So there is just for me that like I'll always want to see and hear Star Wars. Yeah, it's just so different and cool and uh, and exciting. It's an exciting adventure to go back to the pulp roots. And then the other thing for me is honestly, it it sounds like a joke, but one of the things that would keep me coming back to Star Wars always, no matter what, is breathe, just breathe. Yeah, <laughs> just that yeah. Uh, philosophy that's been there. Ever since Obi Wan Kenobi tells Luke to turn off the targeting computer and just calm down, mm-hmm. trust your feelings, tracks all the way through to that great scene in *Rise of Skywalker* of Ray taking those breaths before Kylo bears down on her. And it's not only good advice of how to handle talking about Star Wars; yeah. it's just such great life advice of you. Oh yeah, take a deep breath and you center yourself and you discover that you are capable of more than you realized when you take that deep breath and reconnect and the fact that Star Wars can always give that to me is what will make me coming back no matter what. That's great. That's
3: great. It's, it's good to love Star Wars. It's nice, isn't it? (laughs) Ooh. All right. We're going to go to, um, hear from some people who love Star Wars as well. It's our audience question time. We're going to go to our, Friends on Twitter are going first to Josh Vascovich Josh writes, I love episode nine. Two exclamation points, by the way. My only minor nitpick, uh, quotations around nitpick, with the movie is that I wish they would have went the full three hours. It definitely felt like there could have been certain moments with more time to breathe, especially the first half, with movies like Endgame, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, It Chapter Two, among others, that pushed the three-hour mark. Do you think they're longer, uh you think there a longer movie might have worked better or worse for some audience's is there a longer cut release? The Abrams cut (laughs) a lot in there, Josh. Uh, I, I answered a little bit there. I, I, I liked the choice to lean into the serial adventure, Joseph, but three hour rise of Skywalker. I would have enjoyed that too.
1: Yeah, I would have been fine with that. I think, uh, when time passes and we get more of the story behind this era of Disney, you know, in Lucasfilm, it'll be really interesting, uh, to see why they didn't do that. Given that three hours used to be, a death sentence for a movie's box office and is obviously as Josh points out so well, not anymore that there's a part of me of like, yeah, I love, I love that, uh, serial adventure pacing in the beginning, but I would have taken a couple Mm -hmm. longer conversations and I would have taken some conversations that, um, I couldn't imagine being in the movie that aren't, I'd have been happy with a, a three hour version.
3: J.J., especially around the time of Force Awakens, there was articles or tweets or quotes, whatever. I don't know where information comes from these days. (laughs) Where he was like, I am not a deleted scenes director. Don't like them. Don't think they count. Um, There's not a different version of this movie. And, you know, some deleted scenes did emerge from Force Awakens. They're going to. You're going to have them. But he doesn't. I liked that he doesn't. I liked at the time that he doesn't view it as, you know. There's this movie released and now there's my 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 version now Grant I am a Lord of the Rings nut in terms of the movies and I watch Peter Jackson's 5 hour unedited versions <laughs> and I love them and I refuse to watch the less version the Lord t- um so don't get me wrong um so, but it's interesting because with JJ at the helm this time around, I'm wonder if, wondering if he's like, yeah, we we did shoot some other things, and here it is.
1: Yeah, neither did it yeah. not technically work. Yeah. Was it a flow thing or was it a, a time thing? Is yeah. is that it's going to be fascinating to come out? But mm-hmm. I will happily watch the uh, deleted scenes or the, uh, the release, the second Abram Scott. Yes, yes,
3: exactly. Chris Triplett writes, say, hey, why did Palpatine's own deflected force lightning only scar and maim him in episode three, but in Rise of Skywalker it straight up melted his face, Raiders of the Lost Ark style. Good reference, Chris. All right, a little mini Star Wars counseling in effect here. Joseph, uh, I don't have the best answer for this what, what do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that it is just plain old more powerful lightning as a starting point. Uh, he is he's clearly right, still yeah. able to use the force when he is weird uh, half a uh, palpatine hanging from a claw machine yeah. but then when he sucks that dyad force from uh, Ray and Ben, he repowers he even builds himself a new suit <laughs> yes out of that dyad force power in that massive massive force lightning shoot into the sky. Yeah is I think an example of, I, I think that's there not only as a narrative beat, but to also show us yeah how powerful he is. So that's the first part of it is that lightning is, I think more powerful than what we saw in episode three. Um, Oh, then,
3: oh, yeah, almost to me, as quickly as, as if no, he no. has tapped into higher those higher Sith powers that he was trying to tap into his whole life. Yes, he got some of that unlimited power. Yeah, he's
1: on on the home planet of the Sith that yeah. is steeped in the dark side. He has right. sucked power from these uh, this unique Force bond. Um, and then I think the other thing about it, which is one of my favorite parts of the movie, is initially Ray is just managing to hold it back and deflect it kind of a little mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the way exact same way that Mace Windu did. Yep. And to me it is, it's not, it's the, it's that she is literally wielding the legacy of Luke and Leia. Yep. But it's also, there's this back and forth conversation in all of the Skywalker saga about is two people de- being together. Is that a weakness? Is attachment a right. weakness or is having the power of two metaphorically yep. a strength? And I love that when she gets both lightsabers, yeah, it is more power and she forces it back at him because it kind of completes this metaphor. Mm-hmm. And I think it's this much more powerful force lightning that she does give a little shove back to him. And it's the, I've seen people go like, why didn't he turn it off? Like, I, I understand. Yeah. But I think that's the, the spirit of the storytelling to me is that lightning pouring out of his fingers is yeah. the hate pouring out of his body. Yeah. And the good guy just goes, I, I'm going to reject your hate. If yeah. that's the way you want to be, here, here's your hate. <laughs> yeah. You shot it out. You take it back, dude. Yeah. Uh, is my least elegant counseling yeah. ever in that <laughs> phrase. But I think that's the spirit of it is it that mm-hmm. he is pouring all of the power of the Sith ever. Yeah. And all of the power of the Jedi are just going... No, uh, we, we're going to reject hate, reject it. and it pours back on you, and hate is corrosive, yeah. and hate literally melts you away. Uh, you just metaphored your own body to death. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, well, and uh, that's why we don't like, here at Force Center, generally don't like to view Force powers as things you can get on video games, you know. and, and But I do think this is a higher... Yeah, I mean lightning, but just like it is it is the purpose of the scene. I, I really I love uh when you when you talk about Leia uh, helps fulfill the, the the other half of that with yeah. her saber is needed just as much as Luke's and so it's pretty powerful um and I think put put it all together. Melt that face.
1: Yeah, melt that Palpatine face.
3: Uh to Patreon we go. Joshua Thorne writes. What are your thoughts on only having Luke and Leia appear as Force ghosts? So I got but when I first read this question when you sent it over I was like is this about episode seven and why they didn't appear together? Or the, and it's like, <laughs> oh no, it's really, I take it at least Joshua, unless we're wrong that specifically the ending of rise of Skywalker. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Uh, that, yeah. That, this was under a
1: rise of Skywalker questions thread. So
3: a lot yeah. of people uh, want Kylo to show up Ben, uh, someone reedit that made me roll my eyes. It wasn't bad, but that she looks off into the twin sons and the Kylo Ren walks up and <laughs> sure, I guess so. Um, I, I really love the Luke and Leia the last yeah. two of you. Yeah,
1: yeah. And this is uh this is an interesting one because I had a, a friend text me over the weekend uh wanting help with this. Uh yeah. and then in that Hollywood Reporter interview, uh Terry o said uh, some of the same things that I Yeah, what do you say yeah. to my friend? Uh it's a uh, the sequel trilogy has been about legacy. Yeah. Obviously it's about Ray and Ben's relationship, but the primary driving thing has been like how do you how does the new generation yeah. figure out who they are in the shadow of the old generation. She has gone to Tatooine Luke's home because she can't go to Leah's home, mm-hmm. uh, to reflect on the childhood that mm-hmm. Luke had there
3: Yeah,
1: and to bury their sabers. And I think that moment is about them mm. and she buries their sabers and looks at her new saber. And it's this direct lineage moment. Yeah. And I feel like kind of just spiritually and emotionally, that's what's going on. And for her kind of in that moment to say the name, mm-hmm. it feels like Luke and Leia, the Skywalker twins twins, yeah. um, are kind of by their appearance, you know, validating that choice. Yeah. So all of that makes sense to me. I think also the moment you add Ben, it gets into a weird Han place because yep. it starts to break the force spirit lore of star Wars. hmm they were explicit about Han being Kylo's memory. Kylo's memory. Maybe Leia pulled that memory to the surface. That's a fun discussion. Mm -hmm. But he's a memory. He's not a force spirit. He's not shimmering. He's not blue. And then that's a weird beat to end on of like, the family's here, except for Han. He didn't have the force. Ha ha. It it would drive your mind to... New dark place. To why isn't Han there? Yeah. You know, and then if Ben's there, well, the, Ray never met Anakin Skywalker, but it's it's a Skywalker uh, yeah, party, yeah, so yeah. why isn't Anakin Skywalker there? Yeah. Uh, and then my final thought, and I'll shut up no, is no. I personally like that it's really about lineage and opens the door for future storytelling yeah. of what is Ray, what is what is Ben's force spirit like mm-hmm. how how do they commune, what is their bond, what is their mm-hmm.
3: relationship totally uh, I just think too just the simple idea this is the Star Wars uh, Skywalker saga the last you know you got Luke staring off into those twin sons a couple times New Hope even Revenge of the Sith if you want to count it that yeah it's a beautiful kind of connection it just made sense to me I think I know ne- I think I just like Leia, I knew. I always knew. Uh, <laughs> I just kind of always figured this would be kind of the yeah. final shot. We were wondering. We we a lot of big theories of what it could be. It just makes sense. Um, so it just it just was powerful to me to just have them there. Yeah, those are the ones who would be there, guide her. I totally agree with Ben. Shows up. Oh, that sucks. Daddy didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he couldn't. It's just simple, beautiful, and stark, and 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 beautiful in that starkness. Too.
1: Yeah. They were her, her masters and her mentors and the closest thing she had to, to parents and, and it's about that relationship in that moment.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Joshua, I'm sure more people will have thoughts on that and we'll t- discuss it uh, down the line. Connie, she writes this, hey, High Force Center crew, in your opinion to what extent can we or should we draw from supplemental canon material to inform our perspectives of the rise of Skywalker? I know that you mentioned Chris Terry's recent interview in Rolling Stone and how pleased you were at his being familiar with canon material from other mediums. The reason for my question, on one hand, my mind is wanting to take a deep dive with the potential connections between the film and canon from Star Wars Rebels. Clone Wars, for example, Mortis, and Resistance Born. Well, on the other hand, I'm hesitant to do so as to not overthink things. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, this just goes a little bit to what we're talking about. Star Wars will always be popular, but it also will demand, you know, potentially, if you want to, you can dive in deeper. Yeah, reward looking at the big picture. Yeah. 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 What yes. are your thoughts? So, I, I look, I, I, Connie, I think you should. I think. I think if you're listening to Force Center, you've lasted this long. (laughs) We we joke, but we know Joseph and I and Jennifer, when when, uh, she's on board here, that that we go deeper. We're a little bit, uh, we look at things a little different. And, uh, you know, we don't have just our simple theories of uh, raise a clone and play against the staff and all those kind of things. And God bless those that do. We look at things a little different. I think a movie, yes, I I can play film critic. A movie should stand on its own. A movie Force Awakens. When I got the entire story of Corsella, which wasn't a ton, mm-hmm. that one moment that I got with Corsella in Force Awakens became so much more powerful. And we are Star Wars fans; don't have to keep ourselves to that. The movie should stand on a, on its own mandate. We're we're Star Wars fans, and you might not have time. You know, I I know fans who are, who are fans who are like, I, I just I didn't have yeah. time for Rebels. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. But if you got the moment and I don't, we can direct you, Connie, and where best to start. But I think you should. I think you should because then it all starts to connect. And, and what Joseph and I, I think have, have said, especially recently, in the last few months of building into Red Skywalker, new canon has done a just amazing job of connecting to the heart of Star Wars as put up by George Lucas in 77. It is down to some of the lines, dialogue. And, and, and I think it's there if you want it. And you should kind of yo yourself to dig in. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think
1: there's anything wrong with overthinking it. I I get the criticism of it. Yeah. A movie should, should stand on its own, but it's, it's one of the things I love the most about star Wars is, is that feeling when I was a kid of like, Mm -hmm. what's that about? I want to know more. And now we live in a world where you can know more. Yeah. So there's that part of it of like, yeah, you can just, you know, star Wars is like kind of a tapestry of like, here's this square. That's rise of Skywalker. And you can look at it and you can enjoy it. Or you can take a big step back and go, how does that square talk to that square down there? I think that's a, a fun and joyful thing to do. And the other thing i would say is um, that uh, we've been talking more on four center lately about there's the story and then there's the story behind the story yeah. and they're they're both interesting um and i think once art is created we get to interact with it yeah. how we want to we're living in a world now where you know like as they're saying as we're recording chris terrio is is yeah. <laughs> handing out his answers as the writer to all these things yeah but i don't think there's anything wrong with approaching star wars the same way we have to approach shakespeare shakespeare's dead Mm -hmm. and everybody gets to have their take on Macbeth, and everybody gets to read what else was going on in history at the time of Macbeth and make their own decision of, yes, this is a commentary Mm -hmm. on this historical event, or I have no idea if Shakespeare meant this moment in Hamlet and Macbeth to talk to each other, but Mm -hmm. they do to me. I feel like we get to read these texts however we want, and that some of the fun is sometimes going, I have no idea if George Lucas meant this moment to talk to this moment, or if Ryan Johnson meant... This moment to talk to a random episode of rebels, but it, that's the part of the fun of we get to interpret art and it doesn't always have to be a, I chased it down. It's the truth. The writer said, yeah, it doesn't even have to be intentional. I hope that art is being created at the level where things that the artist doesn't even necessarily mean. Yeah somehow just blossom out of playing in the same field. And it has a rhythm in a poetry with some other part of it yeah. that they didn't think of at the time, or they just felt this moment was right. Yeah. And then you step back and go, I felt that moment was right. And I totally forgot yeah. that it parallels this moment from Empire Strikes Back. It's just a beautiful rhythm that happened. Yeah. Not even the writers, I say this as a writer, not even the writers have all the answers about the things that they wrote yeah. because artists meant to be received. Yeah.
3: Powerful. Uh, like, to stay on this one little more beat here, you know, I I, I was once accused <laughs> sometimes after uh, sometime after Solo by a, a, a former uh, a coworker. Um, I think you just put things in these films that aren't there. Plain, plain accused of it. Yeah, and I was really number one upset at that, and it was particularly around how Han Solo got his name. Yeah. Because I said no, that is that is a thesis statement for the forty years of this character. He becomes Han Solo in that moment. Uh, it is everything about who he was at the time and who he goes to to his death. Yeah, and it's and nope, that wasn't there. It was really stupid, it was cheesy, and it's like all right, cool. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I'm not going to die on that hill for that particular scene. Yeah, but once you start fo- going into this stuff, Connie, you'll find. Uh, we've our friend Billy uh, Patterson, is, uh, who's been on Star Wars, great Rank- Star yeah. Wars aren't coming. You know he's he's had he's listened to him st- our stuff, and we've me, he and I, he and I have had some great conversation. Where he's like, now paraphrasing Billy, but it's like once you kind of unlock some of this stuff, it it is there, and just oh, what yeah. you're saying. I don't now Lawrence Caston and John John Caston. I believe Lawrence Castan was like, hey, here's a great moment of how he got his name and how it ties into the character I wrote 30 years ago. <laughs> um, but what you you lay it down almost like tracing paper, and yeah. you lay each story down, and you'll suddenly find you have the complete picture because it all connects. Uh, we've gotten some notes from the, our friends over at, at, at Delray. Our friend Eric just like you he said, you guys, you guys understand what we're trying to do here. They are trying to do something, and it's all there for the taking. And 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 because it connects to George's simple way of myth, twelve year olds morality lessons. Yeah, uh, it all connects and works. And I think it's all there. And that's why I re- really rejected that idea of like no, no, you can look at a scene and go, Hey, I interpreted this scene, you know, this way. Um, and then you'll find, sometimes you get an answer from a creator like, ah, no, this is what I meant. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, okay. I did. I didn't exactly connect with them, but more often than not, you and I find in these <laughs> interviews. Yeah. Yep. That that's what was there because not because Joseph and I are, 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 are smarter. Joseph's smarter than me, but okay. we're not, but we, we are just in tune. We're hearing the vibrations of this song the keys of this song and it's there Connie and I want you to dive in. Connie do it <laughs> dive in yeah and yeah. speech
1: Yeah. End uh, speech. great speech and the last thing I'll throw out is that I always love this uh, conversation between Laura Dern and David Lynch where Laura Dern went up to David Lynch and was like oh I was watching this film and I noticed that, that we made together mm-hmm. that this happens and this happens uh, and, and everybody's getting this wonderful meaning from it and David <laughs> Lynch says oh that must have been why I did that <laughs> And I, I I think that is a a, a part of it is is, is totally valid.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I love that solo scene, and I think I think Lawrence Kasdan and John Kasdan knew what they were saying. Yeah, but even if they didn't, and we still got something from it, yeah, that is valid. Yes,
3: yes, yes. 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 Final question from our friend Brian Ward. Brian Ward designed uh the Four Center logo, a lot of our shirts. He has his own T Public page and he's got a great roll it again shirt that <laughs> I wear a lot. Brian Ward, we love you, Brian. He also designed our Four Center trading cards available through Patreon. Um he says, I love this movie. It's crazy and weird and I love it. My question after seeing the jar of snokes at the beginning <laughs> of the movie, is that weirdo related to Snoke? <laughs> Joseph, I concede the floor to you on this Uh
1: one. good old that Weirdo. Uh uh, the singing character in Solo, Lulilo Primok, who I wanted to be named Fat Weirdo. <laughs> uh, uh, love that character. And it is really, really funny that Snoke is floating in a vat and all he needs is that little vocoder or whatever it is and he could be he could be uh, singing like Bing Crosby as well he could
3: be <laughs> so yes the answer is yes it's been all the voices and you've heard inside your head <laughs> whatever they've done that so you got circus ah, old James Earl Jones and then <laughs> yep.
1: that is one of my favorite things about Rise of Skywalker I, I can't yet tweet yep. that in theory if they did Nothing else. James Earl Jones walked into a studio or picked up his phone and called and just said, "Inside your head." <laughs> Thanks. That's that's all you need. A, okay. Good. Got to go. Got to go.
3: <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, thank you, Brian, Connie, Joshua, Chris, and Josh. Uh, all of you out there, we appreciate. it. If you have a question, comment, want to join the conversation, find us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. Use the hashtag Four Center. Like our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or YouTube. We got a website, Four Center Pod Podcast available in a lot of different spots uh, here in Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Patreon.com slash Four where you can support us. And at the highest tier, you get those cards. In fact, I got to do a swing through to make sure I'm not missing any uh, cards to be mailed out Ooh, soon. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Joseph, uh, we talked about uh, you know uh, the shirts Brian Ward has designed for us. Where can I get those? Oh,
1: you can go get those at T Public. Uh, that link is tpubliccom slash user slash Four Center. A bunch of great. T- t-shirts, including I Heart Murder Bears if you want to support the species that the First Order was so
3: afraid of, they put a Star Destroyer over that moon.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Good point. Uh, and that shirt was designed by one of our friends over at Star Wars Minute. Yeah, the drawing of the Ewok. Yes. Yes,
1: yes by mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful artists. Go check out Star Wars Minute. Uh, yeah, and, and as always, a lot of us, uh, a lot of you tweeted great, nice pictures of you uh, wearing merch on your way to see Rise of Skywalker at the theater. We're always happy to retweet uh, if you want uh, send us
3: pictures of your merch mm-hmm. And we are almost out of here But we got our own things uh, We got our own things man uh, <laughs> You can follow me at Katnapsuk, Uh Catch my baseball columns uh, at Flag Sports uh, Go to com for more information On all the things I do Including soon 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 Locking in some comedy show appearances Around this great country
1: Excellent, excellent. Uh, you can check uh, out uh, my social media presence. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of all of us have a forced spirit that lives on social media. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. And then you can go to my website for other podcasts and live shows. Uh, I have a, show, a page called Live Shows. I got a New Year's Eve uh, show today, if you're listening on the day that we uh, right. <laughs> release this. Uh, but soon I will be in San Francisco for the SF Sketch Fest in January. All those details are on my website and the last thing i'll say is i am uh, working on an episode of star wars counseling uh, about the general ray from nowhere versus ray palpatine ray mm. parentage and some different ways to look at that so mm. hopefully i will be getting that out as soon as possible
3: that's going to be a great one. I can't wait to hear that myself. So we're out of here for Joseph, for Jennifer, who's still out there celebrating Star Wars with us, and Uncle Bob Iger. He got some decisions to make, Bob. We'll see you next time. This was Force Center.